All right, let's start the podcast. By the way, Jen asked to see if we want to do a, uh, uh, what do you call it, fantasy football at the office. Why so not? maybe start and talk okay. about it. We'll, let's uh, do it. I'm out. Okay. No, I'm out. All right. I'm no so let's, 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 <laughs> so not let's get right into it. Okay. Episode 188, today's home team, myself, Adam, Jedediah, and the today's host of the podcast, yeah. uh, Vinny Oshana. <laughs> Dan Pena. Who, you know, the, the ex- out. By the way, you look, you look ridiculous how good you look. You know okay? what? Pat, you look very good. First of all, when yesterday they go, hey, Vinny, you're going to be on the podcast. I was like, first of all, I got invited on the number one podcast in the world, business, for Spotify. I go, I have to, even though I have no business being on here, I'm dressing <laughs> the part. Because when you don't have an education, this suit bumps you up. That's like a good it, point. It, right. It sets That's me. Very, like, what school did you go to? 100%. Very, very, very <laughs> impressive. Okay, right. so look, we got a lot of topics to go through. Yeah. A lot of craziness. Uh, one, I found the clip from 11 years ago where a guy says, what's going on with the market? This is from central London and the reaction of the host on BBC. I just want you to see how this lady reacts when he tells the truth about what's going to happen, <laughs> what's going to happen to the economy. We'll talk about that. What's going on in Iran? And, and, you know, a lot of times people are hearing stories about how it really is in Iran. Mm-hmm. When you hear the stats of how things are really in Iran. You're going to sit there and say, there's no way in the world that is true. Meaning, if I just gave you one stat right now before I give you the rest of it, what if I told you in Iran, they make nine-year-olds turn into women to make them believe they're ready to marry somebody if somebody really wanted to marry them? I got some of these stats I give you about women that you're going to flip out on what's going on in Iran. And respect to a lot of the uh, you know people there that are you know doing their part to create uh, their own freedom. We'll discuss that. The new, the new Georgia... Maloney, who gave a message in Italy, and the amount of criticism and love she's getting simultaneously, it's beautiful. I'm sure you saw the message, what she gave. Yeah. Uh, powerful, a lot of enthusiasm. People love her. It's weird how people around the world are starting to vote for conservative leaders. Weird. Europe is supposed to be left socialist, but now they're saying, wait a minute, we kind of need some of the old school conservative um, beliefs, which Adam's extremely excited about. We're going to talk about nuclear war, <laughs> of what's going on, a study from CBS News. That says a war between U.S. and Russia would kill five, a nuclear war would kill five billion people. That's the only article that Adam didn't read cover to cover. Dow hits bear market, mortgage rates going crazy, luxury housing market, which the way to categorize luxury housing market is the top 5% of a market. It's not saying it's a $2 million house, $3 million house, top 5% of any city, luxury housing market Mm. dropped 28% in two months. It's the low. It's the highest we've had in ten years. That's a massive drop up. That's saying a million dollar house is seven twenty. Yeah. A ten million dollar house is seven point two million dollars. It's a big number we're talking about, and it's not going to be slowing down. And we got a special message for Dave Ramsey today because you know Dave Ramsey when he was watching a little too much fear porn. We're going to address the fear porn concept. He's today. obsessed with the fear he, porn. Yeah, he he's, he he maybe needs to watch a little bit of fear porn because maybe he doesn't watch fear porn. So Rashid uh, Rashida Talib who uh, uh, gave a direct message to CEOs, and she tried to call out Jamie Dimon, and Jamie yep. Dimon's response is fantastic. We'll go into it. The British pound plunged to an all-time low. Just in 2007, the pound was 211. It dropped to 103. We'll cover that. And then we got a couple other stories. Apple has decided to make their phones in India. Record number of New Yorkers are switching their driver's license to Florida. Billionaire bunkers around the world. You know, Jeff Bezos is billionaire bunker. You should see this. Meaning if a war, nuclear war was to happen, 
I think Bezos is going to have a lot of fun in his billionaire bunker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Bill Maher talks about the prosthetic uh, uh, breast teacher. Massive. Yeah, which is, uh, you know. Big made, story. Yeah, which, which apparently it is a big story. And we'll cover that as well. So having said that, having said yeah. that, um, let's get right into it. Which story do we want to talk well, about first? Real quick, can yeah. I just give uh, all three of you guys a warm welcome to sunny South Florida? Beautiful. You guys have been here. <laughs> Man. You guys have, hurricane. Been, yeah. I've been here for three and a half You've months. You've been here for, I don't know, three like months, six months, months, right? Six yeah. months. Year and, year and a half. Year and nine months. January yeah. to uh, whatever it is. You, ha- you had an easy go your first year here. Yeah. No hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. You guys have never really experienced a hurricane. You've dealt with I California s- mudslides, fires, I earthquakes. I swam here. I yeah. swam here. But welcome to Florida. Thank Unless you. it's a four or higher, it's fun. Yeah. we yesterday. don't lose no sleep. Yeah. Don- Donnie yesterday says, oh, are you concerned? I said, Donnie. I've been bombed on, bro. You can't <laughs> worried about freaking water. Yeah, water. I, I mean, you're saying the difference between the, mm-hmm. you see the difference between earthquakes. Okay, if yeah. you've been through an earthquake, yes. Mm-hmm. If you've been through a hurricane, tornado. Tornadoes yeah. are pretty brutal, by the way, yeah. when it hits you. We went through that in Kentucky in the army, and war. You know, and then and then uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Leo threw something else yesterday. When a blizzard, not a blizzard. When a uh, so, is this like a snowstorm? When a, sto- a snowstorm hits in Minnesota, he gave that. Have no. you been through all of those? Take the war thing out, but have you been yeah. through an earthquake? I go through war hurricane? every day. I wake up. No, but the I, difference between an, uh, a hurricane is you've got a week to it to prepare. Yeah. Earthquake, you don't know what's I'm happening. Here. Tornado, you don't know what's happening. Yeah. yeah, we went through. You know, I lived in Florida when I was a kid. Oh. I lived in Fort Myers. So we, my dad was a part owner of a hotel of the Best Western out there, and we had a hurricane that was so bad that the first six floors, the hotel was maybe. Eight floors high, if I'm remembering correctly. I was a baby. I was like four years old. We had one that went up to the fifth floor of the hotel, just wiped out everything. Oh, wow. So I was a kid. I was like, oh, party time. You know, I, heard this. I thought it was going to be fun. You yeah. know, kids don't, I, they don't really process anything. Yeah. I had my family there. I was like, oh, this is great. Oh, look at the window, the trees. Oh, look, that fell down. <laughs> so, you know, I, now I'm like, no. man. But hurricanes don't but, scare yeah. me as much for some reason. Well, uh, I, I can't really intellectualize why. I think the earthquake is the, out of all those, I mean, besides the war, because we're from the same place but the earthquake there's no warning you'll just be in mid-conversation and then i don't care who you are if you're not religious or everybody's your first thing is it's over we're done it's done you've <laughs> been through earthquakes in, oh in la God. earthquakes that woke me up from asleep yeah yeah because yeah. stuff's falling off the yeah gotcha. but tampa bay is gonna get hit pretty bad, bad. so it's hopefully bad. tom brady yeah. could do something about yeah. that they're tampa, all moving tampa bay is gonna get hit tampa is gonna and, get and, and, here's my question messed you. Up so bad. with all our technology mind you i know you guys saw nasa just had a dart mission that they sent seven million miles away, uh, asteroid, and they hit it with a with an object to make it just in case the asteroid mm-hmm. comes and hits us. Successful mission. They can't with our technology do something for the tornado or hurricane and make it just <laughs> call it racist. But like, by, you're racist. by the way, you're asking, Biden's you're working asking on that. a very very good question, and yeah. there are people that are working on that. Yeah. that. you know because what they have created now is how to create a storm. Mm-hmm. They know how to create yeah. a storm. They yeah. know how to create rain. They know how to create that. Yeah. If you mm. can create it, you got to figure out a way to Backtrack. how to undo it. Yeah. What do you know. mean they can create a storm? What do you mean? Create create storm. Cloud, yeah. rain, precipitation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do that okay. in the Middle East all yeah. the time. They they the, do they rain really? happen in Dubai. They're like, it's going to rain on Thursday. And it happens. Wow, look at that. Yeah, technology they can, they can create a we don't need to deal with that in florida it rains no. all the time so we're not <laughs> looking we're for less rain here yeah, okay we're good. so I guess in the middle east they need that so do we want to start with like a business story to get vince's uh, feedback on these business stories i say we start off I with a business story can't let's go, wait let's, let's go right into a business story wall By the street way, tycoon I, over I, here. I, you know with everything that's going on just go straight to dave ramsey okay go to dave ramsey i want to start off with him so dave ramsey 
a few months ago. I need the exact date on this post, by the way. That's June, what? June 29th. That's June 29th. Fantastic. So go to June 29th. Let's see what the market was at on June 29th. Go to Dow Jones, June 29th. Yeah, June 29th. Okay. All right. So let's look at it. That was what? Pull it up, June 29th. Uh, okay, you're going to look at it that way? Uh, 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 maybe let's look at it in a basic way. Oh, oh I, thought, okay, I, thought I, the I thought I saw it on the left. If you take Dow Jones and you go six months and you go straight to the date, uh, I'll find it right now. I'm on June 29th. June 29th, that was at 31000 and change. Okay, fine. June 29th, uh, you know, uh, Dave Ramsey says the following. Let me read it to the audience so they can see it. If you can go to the, the post right there. Okay. The housing market is not crashing. It's by Dave Ramsey. Inflation, recession, high interest rates, high fuel costs, labor market disruption, including the great resignation, supply chain shortages, bear market, and the hits just keep coming. <laughs> Are we heading for the end of American economy? Is the housing market going to crash? Is this generation going to be priced out of the housing market and never be homeowners? No, no, no. Three no's. So that's three no's. So that means he's <laughs> saying no to are we headed to the end of American economy? Of course not. Is the housing market going to crash? That's the question that we want to address. The second one says, is this generation going to be priced out of the housing market and never be homeowners? That's also no. I agree with that one. But the main one I want to target is the middle one. Is the housing market going to crash? He said no. Sorry to end your fear porn party, but the sky is really not falling. It's definitely scary. And some of the things going on truly do suck. But the sky's not falling when you're operating on fear, fight, or flight. Chemicals flood your brain and your uh, critical thinking skills shut down. Higher thought patterns and analysis are only possible when a perceived threat is uh, lowered. You don't ever make good decisions based on thinking. You do when you're afraid or angry. And the news cycle right now will make you both angry and afraid several times a day if you let the drama in. So the porn party is still going, so, basically. Yeah, so no. Yeah. what he's saying is don't worry about it. It's yeah. all going to be all right. So. I just finished a book. It's called How to Mighty Fall. It's by Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Collins wrote a book years ago called Good to Great. So in this book, uh, uh, How to Mighty Fall, he makes a he asks a very very good question. Okay, which is a rebuttal to this here because it is a battle. He make he's 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 giving the motivational positive thinking everything's going to be all right mindset, which is something I subscribe to my entire life. However, there's a caveat to it. In the book, Jim Collins says you have two options here. Okay. Say you're somebody who is always optimistic and you say things like, I'm the best. I'm great. We're going to do fantastic. We know what we're doing. We're the best in the marketplace. No one's better than us. We're going to go do this. And we're going to da 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 Okay? And then the other mindset is what? The mindset of a person says, I don't know if I'm good enough to compete, man. I don't know if I have what it takes to compete in the podcast. I don't know if, I don't know if, what if the rates drop in real estate and what if that happens and what if I'm not good enough to be a father? What if I'm not good enough to be a husband or a mother or a wife? Or what if I'm, what if I don't have the goodies yet? Man, I, if I don't call that person, what if that client changes their mind? So you're always in that I'm not good enough to get to the next level, right? He says two companies have two different types of leaders. Say one is thinking like everything's going to be great. You know, and the other one is, dude, we got a lot of, we got some improving to do, right? He says, let's look at the first option. If the first option, if you're right, guess what? Everything's great. If you're wrong, you're problematic. Mm-hmm. You're going to go out of business. But in the second situation, if you're wrong, who cares? <laughs> but if you're right, good for you. You're going to keep improving. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you look at this and you say, oh, is the market going to crash? Nah, it's not going to market. The market's not going to crash. 
Yeah, it's going to be all right. Don't even sweat it. All this stuff. Okay. Then rates come up. Okay. To 6.29%. I don't know if you saw the Yahoo Finance thing. I'm going to send this to you so you can show it because I think it's very important for us to see this. Luxury home pricing. Uh, I'll text this to you. We have it in the article as well. But Tyler, if you want to look at your phone, I'm sending it to you. Uh, uh, Receive that one and I'll send you the other one as well. You guys have to see this here on what the numbers of uh, luxury as well as uh, I'll send you this other one as well. Pull these two up if you can. Pull both of them up if you can. Okay. So that's one of them. Take a look at this. This is from Yahoo Finance. This is luxury home sales sink most on record. That's from 2013. Okay. Look at the luxury market. It goes down a little bit in 2014. Then in 2020, it drops during COVID dramatically. But as bad as it dropped during COVID, look how bad it's dropped after COVID. So meaning COVID was fake. It's all fear. That six-month period right there in 2020, uh, 2020, that was not a real crash. The market still went up. But look at the drop from the top to the bottom. That is a 28% drop from June to August, highest in 10 years we're talking about, okay? So then outside of that, inventory is officially up, okay? Inventory is going up. Mortgage rates, if you got the mortgage rates I sent you, I don't know if you got that one as well. If you want to go to the next one I just sent you, take a look at this one here. It's not slowing down. Go to the next and one. Pat, can I ask you a really quick question? Why is it ju- – because I, I think you're going there right now. Luxury dropped that much. What about just regular uh, regular homes? L- luxury luxury went up too much, and it was overpriced, and now people are not willing to pay. There's many different reasons they can look at. But look at this one right here. Rates from 2021 till today, 2.85 to 6.29. And it's constantly gone up. The 30-year is 6.29. 15-year is 5.44. And the five-year arm is 4.97. So the concept of fear porn. Here's a part then. Then people say, well, does this mean the the bear market is here? Is this the end of it? Is this like, Pat, what's going to happen next? Let me show you this other one here, and then we'll do some commentary. I'm going to read the Dow hits bear market as stocks sell off. Okay, if you want to go to page five, uh, Tyler. If you have that article, if not, I'll just read it to the audience. This is very important to pay attention to. Okay, so Dow hits bear market as stock sell-off goes from bad to worse. The Dow average on Friday briefly hit a bear market before bouncing back from slightly a 700-point drop. The average is now sitting at the lowest since November 2020, which is COVID. This is the S&P 500 NASDAQ composite wrapped the second-highest straight week of losses, retreating to June lows. The pain pain may continue following the Federal Reserve 75 basis point rate hike and new projected 4.4% federal uh, fund rate, a percentage point higher than initial forecast. The team at Goldman Sachs, led by David Costin, cut their their outlook of the S&P 500 this year by 16% to 3,600 versus a prior of 4,300 as the economy faces the likelihood of sharp downturn or hard landing. When he when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See numbers like this, Adam, what do you think about? What do you think about with Dave Ramsey talking about, the, you know, real estate's not going to crash, and then you see the market 
dip in 28% mm-hmm. specifically on real estate. How do you process that? I mean, I'm looking from a macro perspective. I think, I mean, the world has changed so much in the last two years, right? I mean, think everything we've gone through with COVID and the markets and real estate and masks and lockdowns and, and recessions and this, and I think everyone is looking for stability at this point. So there's so many people saying, I know that the market's going to go up. Market's not going to go down. This is what happened with COVID. This is what's going on in the World Economic Forum. Like, There's so many different things going on, and I think it's incumbent on you as an individual to seek stability in your life. There's going to be experts telling you X, Y, Z, up, down, left, right. Yeah. I think it's very important for you as an individual to take ownership in your life and say how the... Can I make my life better and tune out the noise? We're literally going through a hurricane right now, like yeah. in Florida. And I feel like the entire world, from a, in a, to use a metaphor, is going through a financial, uh, social, socioeconomic hurricane. And in the middle of this crazy storm that's going on, you, you know, the calm and the eye of the storm is the, is the only place in the middle of a hurricane where there's actually not craziness going on. So in all the craziness of the world, you need to figure out where that stability can come from in your life, whether that's God, whether that's family, whether that's politics, whether that's just you know your own individual freedoms, whatever it is, you need to find that certainty in your life. I don't know if Ramsey's right. I don't know if he's wrong. I don't know if Jamie Dimon's right. I don't know if he's wrong. But you need to kind of find the voice of reason in your life and find your center of gravity and figure it out for yourself because nobody's coming to save you. You got to save yourself. Great, great. I, I love the the fear porn conversation though, um, just because I feel like we've seen that explode so much in mm-hmm. society over the last two yeah. years, and fear has played a role in people's health decisions, where people live, how they live. It's had a huge impact on the way parents raise children. Now you have a lot of kids that are growing up afraid of literally everything because their parents are now afraid of everything because they've been through COVID and it's affecting society at large in so many ways. It affected the way the school system runs. So people are in a very different head right now. And I'm wondering if there's just going to be a pretty enormous backlash to this, which means that a lot of people were making decisions based on fear and now are looking back and seeing the negative ramifications of that on them, themselves, and their families. And I'm wondering if now there's going to be people rising up, refusing to do that again with the complete opposite uh, mindset of I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to let these things, you know, prevent me from excelling. I'm not going to be, you know, stymied by what a political bureaucrat or what society tells me I should be afraid of. Because what I'm seeing now is kind of like a a lion kind of like roar from a lot of people who bought into the fear and now just refuse to live that way. Just seeing how negatively it affected their families over the course of the last two years. Mm-hmm. But but also it, it kind of depends where you're at in life. And this is why I love a freaking America so much because you could say, well, you know, recession in America and the markets and all that. It's like pump the brakes a little bit, everybody. We're still in America. We're still in the greatest country on earth. If you're in the middle of Ukraine or if you're in, you know, right. the Philippines or, you know, certain countries out there, they're not exactly stable. Mm-hmm. You're living in a constant state of fear. I mean, if you're in Iran right now, if you're in Russia right now, if you just called up into the militia mm-hmm. or if you're one of these young women who's basically protesting mm-hmm. for their lives, yep. you know, you're in a constant state of fear. So, um, 
you know, from a macro perspective, well, just appreciate what we got here in America. I was, I was, dude, trust me, I was scared as hell. And I, like I said earlier, I don't know nothing about business. <clears throat> I went to Adam, we had that talk, we sat down, Adam hooked me up with, you know, Vinny Invest, do this. He goes, invest in the S&P 500. I'm, I'm so stupid. I, was, I thought it was a NASCAR race. I go, <laughs> are they racing on Sunday? He goes, no, not NASDAQ. He goes, NASDAQ, not NASCAR. I go, oh, okay. Like an idiot. But hey, scared the hell out of me. So, and, and I That's why we're the number so, one big business podcast. But, the world. Thank but you, by buddy. the way, so here's here's how I process this. Here's how I process yes, this. Okay, I I grew up in business. The first five ten years, all I subscribed to was Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale, and that's all it was. Okay, and then you realize there's levels to to life. So, for example, the most basic thing you can do is buy term invest, not buy term invest the difference, uh, dollar cost averaging, right? Or buy term invest the difference is one of the ones that they will talk about, but. You know, dollar cost averaging, you know, put your money every single month by $200 of a mutual fund, $500 of a mutual fund, $1,000 of a mutual fund, or an ETF and leave it there 30 years, you know, you're going to get a certain set of return. The market's going to crash, you know. And by the way, I have a mutual fund today that I've been putting money into for nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. When I started 20 years ago, and I started with 100 bucks a month, okay? And it's grown into a very nice account. I don't even look at it, but it's grown into a nice little hefty account that I started with 100 bucks a month. Okay, that philosophy works. But many times when a message like this is given, a baby boomer who's sitting there thinking the market's going to be okay, the market's not going to be okay for the baby boomer. A baby boomer who is expecting to retire at 64 years old, who's 63 today, has to now work to 70 years old because somebody didn't give him the right counsel. Boom. The part with given counsel is your counsel has to be given to whatever situation you're currently in. Okay, mm -hmm. That's the part about giving counsel, specifically when it comes down to finances. A, a council like this that you give to say, oh, the housing market is not going to crash, it's not going to be this, it's not going to be that, and then the market does crash, the real estate does crash, and you say, rather than saying this, you say, just in case this happens, be prepared in the following way. By the way, Tyler, do you have that clip from the guy that says the government doesn't, if you can pull up this one clip, just play this clip and go to, I don't know, play, uh, go to 45 seconds, yeah, about a minute or so, go to a minute and press play. I see an opportunity to make money, I go with I, uh, Happy, make them feel more confident. Listen to what this guy says, uh, that's 11, a tough 12 one. years ago. Um, personally, uh, it doesn't matter. That, that's, see, I'm a trader. Uh, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. I go with what the, uh, I, if I see an opportunity to make money, I go with that. Um, so for most traders, it's not about, it's that we don't really care that much how they're going to fix the economy, how they're going to fix the, uh, the whole situation. Our job is to make money from it. And personally, I've been dreaming of this moment for three years. Uh, I, I have a confession, which is uh, I go to bed every night, I dream of another recession. I dream of another moment like this. Why? Because uh, people don't seem to uh, maybe remember, but uh, the 30s depression, the depression in the 30s, wasn't just about a market crash. There were some people who were prepared to make money from that That's crash. That's the part. And oh. That's what I think no anybody one wants can to do talk that. about. It, it isn't just for some people in the elite. Listen to the ladies' Anybody reaction. can actually make money. It's an opportunity. Uh, when the market crashes, uh, when the euro and the big stock markets crash, if you know what to do, um, if, if you have the right plan to set up, uh, you, can, you can make a lot of money from this. Uh, for example, hedging strategies is one. Um, he's going to say bonds, he's going to say a few things. investing in bonds, treasury bonds, that sort of stuff. Watch if you could see the people around me, jaws have collectively dropped at what you've just said. I mean, we, we appreciate your candor. However, it doesn't help the rest of us, does it? All the rest of the Eurozone. <laughs> see, but that's, listen. listen.
I would say this to everybody who's watching this. This economic crisis is like a cancer. If you just wait and wait thinking this is going to go away, just like a cancer, it's going to grow and it's going to be too late. Wow. What I would say to everybody is get prepared. Uh, this is not a time right now to um, wishful thinking the government is going to sort things out. The governments don't Listen. rule the world. Goldman Sachs rules the world. Wow. <laughs> Goldman Sachs does right. not wow. care about it. Right. So, so, so what do you take from that message? Just as, as, as a person, maybe you're not in finance. How, when yeah. you hear that, how do you process what he just said? It says, I dream about a recession. <laughs> Happens every 10 years. Yeah. In the 30s, a lot of wealth was created. Government doesn't run everything. Goldman Sachs, what, how, how do you process it's, it? It's up to you. When shit hits the fan, it's up to you to... To take it, and Adam's been saying this forever. It's an opportunity. It's, I mean, it's not a really good-looking opportunity, but you have to jump on and be ready. Like right mm -hmm. now, just just from hearing that in my head, I'm like, I have to ask both of you after this: what bond should I be looking at, and what you know, Goldman Sachs? What the hell are they up to? Because <laughs> just be ready, just be prepared. Because like right now, I mean, Pat, do you guys think it's going to be? I mean, it's the, the White House is you know they BS every single day. Everything's fine. Borders fine. Economy's great. Everything's fine. When I know we talked about it, thirteen months. You said so. Now we're getting to like the six or seven more months till everything goes kaput. You think we're still going towards that? So ju just look at it this way. This is this is what I said the other day. Okay, it, 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 and if you go to Dow Jones, history of Dow Jones, just go to history of Dow Jones. This is all you need to know. Okay, just type in Dow. Yeah, history of Dow Jones. Hide. You know. Uh, oh, let me see if you can pull this up or not. If you can go max, how many years back does it go to? Uh, 82. Wow. Okay, what was it at 82? 907. Okay, what is it in 1990? Uh, go to 1990. It's 2,600. Okay, what's at 2,000? Uh, 10 grand. Okay, what's at 2010? Mm, 10 grand. Okay, what's at 2020? Wow. 30, so here's the point, 30. guys. And what was it at 1980? Go all the way back to what it was at? 27, I think? 907. 907, oh, guys. So meaning it went from 907 to 10 grand to 20 grand to 30 grand. It, 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 the Dow in the next 40 years, so if it was at 40, so if we take 907 into 30, what's 907 into 30? Roughly 35 times, yeah. okay, 33 times, right, 35 times. So that means if we take 30,000 Dow today, okay, 30,000 30, Dow today and we do times 35 is what? That means Dow will be at a million in 42 years. So meaning long-term, you're going to be fine. Long-term, innovation is going to be fine. But for people that are sitting there saying, I truly want to create wealth, you have to, if you have some savings right now, you did it right, you're going to be able to capitalize because a lot of things are going to be on sale. You're going to buy a condo, a house on nothing, in my opinion. In the next 12 months, the level of discounted properties is going to be insane in 12 months. Like, Discount in a way that you never thought you'd be paying that kind of a discount on around 12 months. But you have to also be thinking about this. Is, if, you're, if you're 30 years old, this is probably going to happen only five times in your lifetime. Wow. If you're 40 years old, it's probably only going to happen four times in your lifetime. If you're 20 years old, six times. Wow. You have to be ready for the, the next one that's going to happen in 10 years. Mm. And the way you do that is by piling up a bunch of cash and you make some good investments. And 10 years from now, you're ready when it happens again because we're going to go through the cyclical cycle. So my, my, uh, 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 my uh, prediction is the following. Who gave birth to Ronald Reagan? Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Okay. Who's the closest president to Jimmy Carter? Joseph Biden. Joseph Biden. And how long was, Jimmy, uh, how long was Ronald Reagan president? Eight, eight, eight years. years. Who became the next president? His VP. 
senior. Bush. So Republican stayed for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Then what happened after 12 years? Clinton. Clinton showed up. That's eight years. What happened after Clinton? GW. W. What happened after him? Right. Obama. Obama. <laughs> what happened after him? You know after him is going to be one one-term. There's going to be two one-termers. So we haven't had a one one-term in a long time. Wow. You get what I'm saying? It's going to yeah. be a one one-term. Assuming yeah, right. Biden is not the president. Biden is not. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll see the numbers that we're looking mm-hmm. at. So the point is this, this economy, the way it's going, this is going to give birth to a conservative president mm-hmm. for the next eight years, whether it's going to be a DeSantis, whether it's going to be a Trump, if it's a DeSantis and it follows Carter's playbook, whoever DeSantis chooses as VP could most likely end up being the next president as well. So if DeSantis picks, pick a name. I don't know. Just give me any name. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Okay, give me any name. It's not going to be Nikki Haley, but let's just say it's going to be Nikki Haley. So 12 years. Then. So that's 12 years. Okay. Yeah. Then the market's going to sit there and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Little too much. Yeah. Rich are getting too rich. This is not fair. You, we have too many trillionaires. Why should Elon Musk be a trillionaire? Then it's going to flip. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is during this time, folks, here's all I'm saying. Andy Grove, I'm going to keep saying this as many times as possible, who ran a company called Intel that grew a 100% rate that everybody in Silicon Valley swore by this Hungarian guy that built one of the best stories in Silicon Valley. He wrote a book. And the book was called Only the Paranoid Survive. Wow. Simple as that. And too many people are not paranoid today. I'm going to do great. People are good. <laughs> only the paranoid survive. So you need a little bit of that mindset of only the paranoid survive today. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. and the market tanks, because here's what happens. If Dave Ramsey is right, guess what? Nothing changes. Great. He's right. But if Dave Ramsey is wrong, a lot of people who listen to him are screwed because they sat there saying the market's not going to crash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't prepare them to say it could potentially happen. Anyways, we're going to see what's going to happen yeah. here with the story. Can I add something to that? Go I, for it. I also think it's where you're at in life. Like every single one of us, anyone, everyone listening right now, you could look in the mirror and say, how far can I think out? How far can I think outward? You know, two thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. I don't care how positive or optimistic you're, what kind of plan they have in place. If you're struggling to figure out how you're going to pay your next bill next week, next month, next quarter, it's hard for you to have a plan yeah. for what's going to happen, you know, 12, 24 months from now. But the the goal is to get to the point where you can think that way, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at a point where I'm not worried about week to week, day to day, month to month, even year to year at this point, because I set the wheels in motion 15 years ago, 12 years ago, okay, how can I get from week to week to month to month? Boom. All right, got it. I'm no longer month to month. All right, how can I get from month to month to year to year? Boom. I'm no longer figuring out year to year. And now I'm in a perspective where I'm thinking five years from now, where do I want to be in life? And that's what I'm planning for right now. But if you're like, how the hell am I going to get to think long term? It's like, well, just you know, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you walk a marathon. So wherever you're at in life, just think about what's the next step. So if I'm Vinny, I'm thinking, all right, cool. I'm no longer month to month. Mm-hmm. How can I get that? I'm no longer thinking year to year at this point. And that's just the next evolution of your uh, step of your life. Mm-hmm. So that's where you got to kind of look in the mirror. Where are you at in life right now? What's the next step, the, the next goal that I should be reaching towards? Because whether it's the stock market, whether that's relationships, whether that's real estate, whether that's your, even your health, if you're focused on day-to-day, you're never going to be able to win. Meaning, I'm going to fight with my girl, stock market's up, right? I'm not feeling well, COVID, whatever. It's like, but if you can extrapolate over time, it's kind of exactly what you were saying about the Dow. In 40 years from now, it's going to hit a million. 
But if you can kind of have that long-term perspective rather than being myopic day-to-day, week-to-week, you'll win in the end. It's just hard to get to that long-term perspective. Yeah. Okay, but here's my question, Pat. I hope you can expand on this. Do we make it 40 years? So we're at $31 trillion in debt, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at yeah. numbers. I'm seeing a few different. Oh, my God. 2022 fiscal year. Yeah. Uh, the government spent $7 trillion, $5 trillion, $9 trillion, whatever. You know, it was $740 billion in the Inflation Reduction Act. Like, when you factor in unfunded liabilities, we're $300 trillion in debt. This is unsustainable. Yeah. Adam's talking about thinking about year to year to year. We're not doing that. We're thinking day to day to day, and we're spending much money as humanly possible. We are printing money. I, I don't. I don't know how this is sustainable. I don't know how we make it forty years. That looks like a casino. I thought you thought that was like a game on a casino floor. Like what? The, is that real? It's the deck. Clock. This is the deck. Oh my clock. God. And this doesn't go factor to, in unfunded um, liabilities. Go to I, domestic I GDP. I thought we want. I thought we were like about to bet on something. Go to domestic GDP. Oh All right. Well, God. So, and I'm just going to boil this down to obviously this is disgusting. You see all the red, no doubt. But if you're Tyler makes a point though. I'm curious to know what total, you're total say. jet. No, I'm just saying GDP is clearly we need to figure out the debt situation. But whether it's the U.S. economy or you're even your your yeah. own individual ho- household economy, yeah. there's two sides to every financial plan. There's offense and defense. Thank God we still have the number one offense in the freaking world, the United States of America. GDP is what twenty five trillion, right? Where are we at GDP wise? I don't know where we're at. 25 okay, twenty five trillion. trillion. So it's not like we're some crumbling economy that can't sustain paying our bills we just got to figure out how to stop running up the credit card uh, i don't know about that let's so so, so look here's uh, so you know when when we when we first started the insurance company i i recruited a a, a husband and wife wife's name was diana and she sat me down it's december 31st of 2010 it's 450 a guy's coming to do for me to sign a contract to take over a lease in Woodland Hills at the Warner Center Marriott. And she says, I, I want to come work with you, but you seem like you're a little bit too aggressive. And I'm worried that, you know, the insurance company is going to have challenges because of the finances, that you're going to have some reckless spending that's going to cost the company to go out of business. And I look at her, I'm like, that's a fair concern. I said, but the part that you don't know, and the only way I can tell you is that there's a lot of things I'm very frugal with, which allows me to make the tougher decisions Mm -hmm. when we need money, right? Company starts. Do you know in the history of the insurance company, I was never the highest paid guy in the company? I've never been the highest paid guy in the company, okay? Never. Including valuetainment, I'm not the highest paid guy in the company. Highest paid salary, Mm -hmm. I'm not in the company, right? But what we did is we took the money and we stayed very paranoid. For example, till today, if I have to pay, AV comes and says to us, $80,000 is the bid. And, you know, typically people who are taking the bid, oh, Pat's $80,000. I'm like, I'm not paying $80,000. Let me see the bid. Pa, 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 pa. No. Go back to them for $62,000. We settled that $65,000. We just say $15,000. Now, somebody may say, who cares about that $15,000? It's $15,000 that you say, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, here's how we have to go. This is all it is. I say, you sure this is how much the camera is? Yes, and I'll go online. So the other day, guys coming to set up the internet system at our house because we want to watch the fights in the cabana in the back instead of so we can smoke the cigars. Mm-hmm. And I'm setting it up. He said, it's going to cost you $130,000. Oh, really? Yeah. Which equipment you got? I'm on the Zoom with him, and I'm going pricing out all the yes. equipment myself. <laughs> and I'm looking. I said, why are you charging me this much? And why are you charging me this much? Three of the things I was able to save four or $5,000, but one of the things I, I – uh, 
he gets it cheaper than I do for wholesale. Where I looked at wholesalers, like, you notice I can get it cheaper than you. I said, fair, that's fine, but I need you to lower these to this. Anyways, the whole thing ended up being $59,000 wow. to get in and set up in the background. And what was backup. the initial quote? <clears throat> 100, 100 something. 100,000 dollars. Gotcha. But we have the structure where we look at yeah. three different offers on anything we buy, no right. matter what we do. I don't think our government is paranoid enough with this debt. Mm-hmm. I don't think the American people are paranoid. I don't think a lot of CEOs today in Fortune 500 are paranoid. I don't think a lot of people who are saying just take the vaccine or just take this. I don't think enough people are paranoid. How much research do we have on this? I think too many people have become like, ah, it's okay. No, man. No. You got a wife. You got a husband. You got kids. You need, you're the leader of the pack. You need to be a little bit hesitant about what's going on. Do your own research before you jump to conclusion with everything. Mm-hmm. We've become a little bit too... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this. I don't know what's going on with the mortgage side. So we mm-hmm. need to be a little bit more from that perspective. Unless if you're the type of a person, my dad told me something. We had a, a, a uncle named Albert, favorite uncle we had. He would come Sundays, and he only wanted to watch one show on Sundays. Do you know this story or no? No. He would come to my house. Doesn't speak any English. Okay, a Syrian guy, okay. Albert. Okay. The only guy that would give me a hundred dollars for my birthday. Really? Every, every birthday, and I love him for it. I, Eventually, I took him to a cruise in the uh, uh, Caribbean with my dad. I said, listen, for every $100 you just wow. gave me, I'm flying you out. We're going to have a blast. Wow. You have done so much for me. I love you. He's in, uh, he's in the hospital. He just got out. You know, I love Albert. Family's a special family. They changed my life. But uh, one day, my dad, he comes in. Albert comes in on Sundays. He says, I said, Albert, the usual? Yeah, put it. I want to watch it in a Syrian. He wanted to watch Kings of Comedy because he wanted to watch Bernie Mac. Wow. Yeah. He's watched the Bernie Mac from Kings of Comedy. If I tell you a hundred times, that's a small number. I said, do you know what he just said? He says, no. Two, four, six year God help me babysit these motherfuckers. You know? So he, we would watch this. Not a bad Bernie not, Mac, by the way. Bad, so then he says to me, he well, says, uh, the two-year-old, she the shepherd for the devil. Oh, <laughs> Whatever the two-year-old said. Oh, I know the whole thing because it. of Albert. Because I've watched this Bernie it's Mac thing so, so many funny. times. Here's the point. I'm scared of you, motherfucker. I'm scared of you. You better back the fuck. Come on, motherfucker. I'm scared of you. There's no bad him downstairs. Him downstairs. Why did he want to listen to Bernie Mac? Because he just loved his mannerism. I would say, do you know what he just said? He says, I have no idea what he just said. He's just <laughs> so clip. funny. Oh, yeah. my God. So my dad sits me down, and we're in the kitchen. He says, look at Albert. And he says, what about it? He says, just look at him. Look how happy he is. He says, he says that's the happiest person I know in my life. Wow. So look at him. He says, be very careful reading these books. I said, why? He says, because the moment you have too much knowledge, you're going to lose the innocence of being happy because you know ah, nothing. Yeah, exactly. so you that have, was Albert. That innocent. was Albert. So the, the point you have to choose in life, unless if you mm-hmm. just want to live an innocent, happy yeah. life that you're just chilling, kicking, yeah. and not giving a shit about. Yeah. He couldn't even know. You ask him what the Dow Jones is. He's going to think it's a lady next door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell Dow I said hello. You know? but, yeah. but, the, but the point is, if you choose to really pick up a book and read, you can enter a world of, right. damn, I better kind of learn to make some adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just want to live a life like Albert, dude, more power to you. Every yeah. family needs an Albert. Um, he, you know, he was the happiest guy. I'm, I'm, this I'm is Albert. ignorant. 
I'm not going to touch a goddamn Well, th- this is the, the difference between ignorance as bliss and as yeah. what we talk about, yeah. red pill or blue oh pill. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do you want to? Well, I, I think yeah. the problem is two things, right? You, you showed the debt clock, and your reaction is amazing because I think a lot of people just, first of all, it's too big. Yeah. These numbers are too big. <laughs> you can't even contextualize what this means. It's like it's mm-hmm. too much. We're and, and what people do is they look at that, and they say, oh, tr- $30 trillion, and, and you know what? We're fine. We're okay. We're not like nothing's blowing up. Nothing's happening right in their immediate backyard where they can say that's why. So they say this is just too much. I can't even wrap my head around it. Whatever. It'll fix itself. There's that type of attitude. It's not relatable to people. People need to say this $30 trillion. How does that affect you? Mm-hmm. How is that? If it if you don't tell people how it's going to affect them personally, their family, their paycheck, they're not interested. I agree. That's number one. And I think secondly, I think this attitude of what Pat brought up of not asking questions, it's almost like we're being trained now to just accept things as they are mm-hmm. like, oh, debt. This is the new norm. This is the new norm. You have to accept it. It's just the way things go. If you don't have debt, you're not going to have nice things. If you don't have debt, we're not going to be able to invest in education. If you don't have debt, we're not going to get this. this. So people are like, well, we we have to have debt because if we don't have debt, we're not going to have all this stuff. So and people don't want to really look at the root cause of the issues, which is that we spend a ton of money on things that do absolutely nothing. It's a complete waste. There's a ton of bureaucracy that's not necessary. Waste, fraud, abuse. Nobody wants to do the hard work, including, by the way, Democrats and Republicans in Congress who don't give two shits about these numbers. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They'll pile them on till kingdom come. Doesn't affect them. They're going to be fine. They're not worried about you. So this is not a red versus blue problem. This is a government problem. And people need to start. The thing is, you can be you can have that state of bliss. That's great. And I used to be a person. Let me tell you, I went through college. I studied literature. I didn't read the newspaper. I was dating a guy who was into economics. He was an economics professor, actually. He was always like, hey, did you read the New York Times today? And I was like, no, I didn't because I want to have a nice day. So you're Albert. You're Albert. I was. was I was. I love it. I I love it. And you know what? I was a happy son of a bitch in college. (laughs) I smiled ear to ear. I didn't need any of that shit. But here's the problem. You grow up. That's great in college. You then become an adult and this shit hits your backyard. You then have a child and this shit hits your child. You Mm -hmm. then try to save money and this shit hits you. So that state of bliss, if you really want to start saving, if you really want to build a business, you can't live in that bliss because that bliss is not real so you know i I get it i get the head believe me there's days i'm like man do i just go up in a spa somewhere and just i don't know what to do with myself just not to Mm -hmm. worry about all this but you have to figure out a way here's the thing people figure out a way to look at it be realistic about it figure out how it affects your family don't get scared of it strategize around it strategize around it and you have to understand you can't control all this but you can control some of it you can control what happens at the ballot box I'm not saying that that person that gets elected is going to care deeply about debt. But you know what? You make certain decisions. Someone might care a little bit more than someone else. You can make decisions about where you put your kids in school. You can make decisions about where you live. You can make decisions about what job you get. Don't allow these big numbers to make you feel powerless. And also don't pretend they don't exist. It's mm-hmm. real. This is reality. You don't have to be buried by it, but you do have to be cognizant of it. Yep, That's right. I, I agree. I am, I'm 100% with her on what she said. Powerful way to transition into the next topic. Quick shout out to some of the Super Chats. Guys, if you got questions, put a Super Chat. We may go through some of yours. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, thoughts on mortgage-backed securities crashing? Miguel uh, gave 20 bucks. Thank you for that. You think we're surprised? I don't know why anybody's surprised. It's going to continue going that direction. Next, SN Networks. It's nice to see. Avengers Assembly, again, with love from Sweden. Uh, you are more than welcome. Scott Rodriguez, 50 bucks. Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. You're right, Scotty. 
Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that count. If you're going through hell, keep going. Everyone has his day, and some days last longer than others. We have uh, Fadi Murad, huge fan of this show. Love what you guys are doing, Pat. You always invite guests with opposing views to your own, which really brings value to the audience. Have you found anyone with a real argument supporting the economy? Fadi, I will tell you, this this seat right here is available for Dave Ramsey to come and sit down and talk all day long. I think the audience would win. I'd be more than happy to sit down and have a conversation with them or anybody else you want to recommend. Put a recommendation down or tell us on Twitter and tag them, and then we'll uh, retweet it and go from there. Uh, Captain Ahmed gave 20 bucks from uh, Australia. Best podcast, love from Australia. Love you. Scott Rodriguez, I want a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next next topic. Do we want to talk about Iran or yes. do we want to go into a lighter subject? Yes. Do we want to talk about Iran? Our, our families are from there. We might as well Let's talk about Iran. So Iran, uh, obviously, it's been a mess. Uh, if you've seen some of the videos, we talked about it, I think, on the last podcast on what is taking places there, place there. At a reaction video I did to it, but a few things that people need to know with Iran. You know, everybody lives their lives and does their own thing, but sometimes when you actually see what is really going on and what the climate in Iran is, you know, a lot of people, left, right, center, it doesn't matter what it is, there are certain things that we all agree on when it comes down to men and women, okay? The basic, basic things that we all agree on where everybody should be treated equally when it comes down to voting, marriage, divorce, you know, uh, all that stuff. But let me just give you some stats, folks. This is Iran. And you tell me how you feel about this. Would you be okay living in a country that accepted this? At age seven, girls in Iran are forced to wear headscarves to attend elementary school. They can't go to school if they don't comply. According to the Islamic law, if you kill someone, you have to pay some sort of atonement, blood money, to the family of the victim. You ready for this one? The money you have to pay for killing a woman is half the money you have to pay for a man. Okay, That is in Iran. Women don't have the right to divorce their husbands. They're basically stuck in their marriages as long as possible their husbands want them to be. Men have the rights to divorce their wives whenever they want. Being gay, queer, is illegal. The punishment for death for being gay in Iran is death penalty. Having a dog is illegal. You can't take your dog out for a walk. The police will can literally take away your dog and kill it if that's, they want to. Yeah, that's true. Crazy. I wonder what they do to it. I think if they have a cat, they kill the dog and the cat and the owner is what they do. <laughs> Everybody they, goes yeah, down. The cat is like, you got to yeah. be careful with that one. They throw a stupid puberty ceremony for us when they turn nine. They brainwash girls with this is a day you turn into a woman at nine years old. They make us wear chador, similar to abaya on that day, and force us to say Islamic prayers. An Iranian man is allowed to have four wives uh, uh, at the same time. Iranian women should be stoned, thrown stones until death if they are proven to have committed infidelity. Partying is illegal. Dancing is illegal. Singing is illegal for women. Women are not allowed to play uh, musical instruments in public. Satellite TV is illegal. You can't go to the beach and sunbathe and swim with your entire family because it's illegal. Young girls are forced into marriages with men they barely know. Girls as young as nine years old are forced into these marriages. Does this sound like a place you want to live in? Does this sound like a place? Not even a little bit. Now, here's the thing, though. This is the part. Yesterday, I was doing a podcast with this guy, David, uh, a Jewish guy. Very interesting podcast. He didn't like what Tate stood for, so he's got a big following on Twitter. We did a podcast together. It was very entertaining. And, you know, I said to him, I said, here's the part on why I love everything being public, because ideas, good or bad, Social media makes people listen to what I just read right now, mm-hmm. and some of you may have chills all over your body, and you're saying, that's unfreaking believable. That is horrible. And then the world gets to say, these are horrible ideas, and common sense eventually wins. A conservative woman, 
prime minister of Italy, who's one of the top socialist countries in the world. Do you remember the COVID breakout in Italy just two and a half years ago? What they did with the shutdown? The country said, we don't want this. You're seeing in Iran, women are out there marching, protesting. I got calls yesterday. I'm talking, trying to do an interview with the Shah's son, Reza Pahlavi. We're talking to Daryush, Gugush. We're talking to all these guys to see if we can put on a concert to support with Iran. I'm talking to all these different musicians, these people that are calling me, big name celebrities in the Iranian community. People are saying we're sick of it because bad ideas get exposed. And that's exactly what's happening in Iran today, which is a great thing, by the way. Elon Musk did activate Starlink for oh, Iran, which I, I think if you ask me all these, you know, the other day, uh, uh, Joe Biden gave a humani- humanitarian, I think, uh, award to uh, Elton John. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying, when are you guys going to give a Nobel Prize to Elon Musk? I'm going to keep saying that until yep. these guys realize you're activating Starlink to give free Internet access to places like Iran where we can see exactly what's going on and people can make a decision. Because the government shut it's it down, It's a sad situation. Right? What are your thoughts being well, from there um, as well? How do you process it? Well, the this? first thing, just on the Elon Musk, because the government shut, shut down the Internet, right? That's right. Yep. Nobody of course. on the Internet. Yes. And, and you guys will feel me. The first thing when I saw this past, especially because my mom and dad are from Iran, the first thing, I don't know why I jumped to it, is is – the the people here, especially some of these hardcore feminist women, I go, they don't they don't know nothing about this, right? They complain about how horrible this place is. But think about it, as a woman in the United States, you can go to college, you could have ninety cats, nobody's gonna say shit. You could <laughs> sleep with everybody on the team, you could get out, become a CEO, you could do whatever you could go on the streets, march, make out with a girl, take your clothes off, burn the flag, say hashtag kill all men, nothing happens. This poor girl, her hat was crooked. And the morality police, they have fucking morality police, sorry for my language, beat her to death. Okay, so anytime I hear anybody complain, especially those feminists about this place, because Pat, you nailed it. They don't know those. They don't. They don't know those stats. And to be honest with you, they don't give a shit. They don't care. So some from now on, and I'm saying this to those people that are just so anti-America, take a time out. Take a step back. Look what's going on. Nobody knows, bro. They, you, are you, mm-hmm. can, you can't have a dog. That's like the least one at all. You can't have. It's illegal to have a dog. You're you're forcing people to wear kids on their heads. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's a perspective. Seven Nobody years, knows. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Great, uh, great perspective by Vinny, and I appreciate that. I remember when. Remember when Pharrell uh, song came out? Cause happy. I'm happy. happy. Yeah. And then there was a group of people in Iran that just wanted to be happy yeah. and sing the song. <laughs> We yeah. never heard from them again. Never again. They just wanted to be happy. Yeah. I think to to your point about um, Elon Musk and Starlink and the Nobel Peace Prize. Look for millennia. What were the three basic necessities that everyone needed to survive? Food, water, shelter. Okay, and then over the last couple hundred years, that tri- that that went to food, water, shelter, money, and resources. Right. So it went from three to four. Now today, food, water, shelter, money, internet access. How many people are going to survive around the world without internet access? Internet access, I mean, the one thing people in Iran will need, the one thing Elon Musk is bringing to the table with Starlink, is freaking internet. So they can shine a light on what's happening there without it being basically in the dark. Because like you said, nobody knows this kind of stuff. This nine-year-old stuff, this seven-year-old stuff. No dancing, no being happy. Freaking can't even have a dog. (laughs) This is what the mullahs are doing in Iran. You know, there's an interesting parallel to here, though, You know, listening to this. Because there is a thirst for freedom around the world you know we're talking about iran we can talk about italy there's a thirst for freedom popping up except here except the land of the free what is happening here where is the thirst for freedom here what i see in the united states is the opposite what i see is a spoiled privileged complacent population and you know it's interesting you talk about women's rights over there 
what Vinny was saying is true. You're talking about re- this is what real discrimination looks like. Thank you. This mm-hmm. is active discrimination. When you talk about women's rights in the United States right now, you know what you talk about? Allowing women to do late term abortions <laughs> on babies. So we who's lost here? We are. We are lost. We are a society that we are supposed to be the land of the free. We are supposed to be what other places look to and say, we want to do that. What are we doing? We have a bunch of people in this country, and it's a large segment of the population that is very comfortable with being subservient to authority at all costs. Authority tells you to lock down your business, and you're like, okay. Authority tells you to put a mask on your kid and send them to school, even though there's no data to support it. Okay. Authority tells you to get a mandatory injection that your doctor told you is not good for you. Okay. We just watched that unfold for two years. So there is something wrong here. And, and we, have to, we have to really address that because you can talk about what's going on around the world. And everyone says, oh, America is a beacon of liberty. You can't even point to the military anymore. You used to be able to point to the U.S. military and say, the U.S. military has one mission. They have one mission. They have one passion. No. It's a bunch of people watching woke videos that look like they were built for small children. It looks like Blue's Clues. You've got the military sitting and watching Blue's Clues for the woke. Yep. So this is a huge problem. And until we face it within ourselves, you know what's going to happen? You're going to wind up seeing freedom fights in other countries that are successful where they turn around and they say these policies of the last 20 years, we don't want that anymore. And you're going to have America going backward big time where you have all of these big government advocates squashing freedom and authoritarians are going to rise right to the top. So what happens then? And that's the huge parallel I see because I'm so tired, honestly, of people saying America, you know, America, land of the free. Where? Where is the freedom? Show me who those freedom fighters are. Republicans in Congress who sat on their asses for the last two years while businesses were shut down and said dipshit about it. Where is it? Show me where those freedom fighters are here because we can't be a beacon for anybody unless we're doing it ourselves and we're not doing it. I think what you're talking about is here in America, we have what is known as first world problems. Yeah. Okay. When we're, when a, a, a light is being a sh- shined on what's what real problems yeah. look like. Okay. I mean, we talk about what's happening in Cuba, trying to get people coming to, to Miami here, right there. What's going on in Iran? I think in America, we've become complacent, fat, lazy. And what happens is your comfort zone will kill you. Yeah. And when you're comfortable, and I remember I interviewed a guy at the, um, the, um, What's Gary, um, who spoke at the vault last year? Kasparov. Kasparov. I, he does the Oslo Freedom Forum, and uh, I interviewed the basically the the Iraq the, the host of the Iraqi Daily Show. Mm-hmm. It's like a comedian in Iran. He goes, I go, what do you wish for the people of Iraq? It goes, I wish, I wish that one day we could just sit there and be fat and lazy and watch reality shows like America. Mm-hmm. That's how we'll know that life is good. But to this day, we can't just sit down, turn on the TV, you know, be fat, lazy, put a microwave meal in and no. just watch a reality TV show, right? But Adam, let me just say this. It's, it's twofold. Yes, it's first world problems. We're spoiled. We're lazy. We're fat. All those things are true. But it's also, there are people here. Joy Behar wants to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. There, is a, there is a portion of the population here that wants systems of big government telling them what to do. They are uncomfortable with their own personal decision making. They are uncomfortable with you making your own decisions. They're uncomfortable with personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. They are uncomfortable with the values that built this country and made it the land of the free. They are out to turn it around. They don't want America to be the land of the free. If they wanted that, they wouldn't have 
wanted you to have to get a mandatory shot to walk into a restaurant to eat a damn sandwich. They don't want that structure. So when people say, you know, there's a lot of my friend Jesse Kelly on Twitter all the time is always like the communist, the communist. And when he first started saying this, I was like, oh, this guy's out of his mind. Now I'm like the communist, the communist, because it's real. There are people here who want to undermine what makes this country great. So it's some of it is first world problem. Sure. The lazy, the complacent. And some of it is a deliberate effort by some to wreck this country. That has to be gutted out like a cancer. Do you actually think they want to wreck this country or they just don't know better? Because I don't think anyone that you just talked about literally wants I to wreck this country. I think they want to change drastically. You remember Barack Obama's fundamental transformation of the United States of America? Well, here it is. Here it is. Less freedom, less personal responsibility, mm-hmm. more authoritarians. He was very comfortable with that spread the wealth. When he said to Joe Plummer, you know, when you spread your money around, it's good for everybody. He meant it. He meant your money and your money and your money. Just not his money. Just not his money. Because he's fine. And if you send the uh, immigrants over from Texas to Martha's Vineyard, just don't put them on his backyard. Exactly. So it was, it was separate set for rules for thee, but not for me. <clears throat> and that's, that's real. So, yes, they, they don't realize it's going to wreck it because they're not – these people don't look at history and say, oh, look, every communist country, oh, it's been destroyed. That's interesting. Yeah. And they think they're going to be the exception. You know, in every communist country, there's the elite at the top that do just fine. They're like, well, it won't. Hollywood's like, well, I'll be We just haven't done it the right way yet. That's the constant thing. We just haven't done it the right way. And there's a lot of dumb in there, too. I hate to say it, but liberalism liberalism is not grounded in reality. It's not grounded in fact, and it's not grounded in successful policy. They're just not. It's just not. It's not. This stuff is not rooted in in growth and opportunity it's not it's it's rooted in authoritarianism it's gonna it will ultimately wreck any society if that's the path you follow and i and and they see it right they, and then they see it pat they see it just to add they they see the crime they see these things and they ignore it they willfully say, oh it's not crime what are you talking what oh, yeah. do you mean you can't walk down the street yeah. without what? getting mugged what yeah. are you blind you wearing blindfold yeah what do you mean they change the definition to inflation remember they, it's they, they're, they're changing the rules as they go so jedi is on fire today i love I it i love it i love it what's in that drink but i'm gonna tell you um this is what i'm convinced and i'm fully convinced with this is bad ideas eventually get exposed it's the best thing about leaving the stuff on social let people read it for themselves and do research and eventually they get exposed it happens all the time. The best thing that happened with social media, the best thing that happened with social media is good idea, bad idea. Doesn't matter. Everybody got exposed. Good or bad idea. Everybody got exposed. If you think about some of the guys in the Christian community, the churches that were abusing their members to make money, guess what happened to them? They got exposed. You know that one pastor that's sitting by his plane and he's like, let me pray for yeah. you. Let, <laughs> let me pray for you. And the lady's like, no, but let me ask you a question. Yeah. So can you tell me why you need a fifth jet? Because God wants yeah. me. To, well, listen, that yeah. guy got exposed. Yeah. So, and then, but at the same time, you see the rhetoric in Iran when you see what these guys are. This is getting exposed. The best thing with social media, we need more of these types of things happening. Right. But while this is going on, watch what happened in Italy. I'm going to give you two way, different your, articles. Your, I'm going to give you two different articles. Your video that you just did about your response to Andrew Tate, it wasn't just a response to Andrew Tate. You were talking about exposing everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's what the kind of what you were alluding to on that, what, what, the, what the Turkish prime minister had to say or the, a member of parliament. Uh, just basically... People are not dumb. Exactly. Listen, that's people point. are not dumb. We are not dumb. Sometimes people think everybody is dumb. People are not dumb. They can sit there and say... That just doesn't, a kid knows when something doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. We are born with knowing when something just doesn't make yeah. sense, and they're going to get exposed. I want to read you two articles, okay? So one is from CNN, one is from Wall Street Journal. Then I want you to watch a speech. Then I want you to know how CNN responds back to it <laughs> and what they call this lady, and then see if you think she does sound like somebody like what they're calling her. So I'll read you the uh, uh, Wall Street Journal article first, okay? 
Italian right-winger Giorgia Maloney wins election as economic clouds gather. Italians elected a right-wing coalition to lead the country, choosing an untested leader who will confront Europe's gathering economic downturn and energy crisis resulting from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The incoming right-wing government will face difficult decisions over how to protect Italian households and businesses from sky-high prices for electricity and natural gas. Italy's perilous public finances allow limited uh, scope for fiscal uh, largest. EU government uh, have so far struggled to agree on collective intervention to tackle energy costs. Aware that any adverse reaction by bond investors could further hurt Italy's economic outlook, she has sought to reassure financial markets that a government led by Brothers of Italy would seek to maintain fiscal discipline. Okay, so that's Wall Street Journal. Okay, and the way she's going to do it is uh, that constraints could leave limited scope for the radical tax cuts that some in the right-wing coalition want. Okay, radical Tax cuts. Okay. <laughs> now, let me read you CNNs. You ready? Here's CNN. Same story, same day, different uh, thumb, uh, 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 t- uh, title here. Georgia Maloney claims victory to become Italy's most far right prime minister since Mussolini. Mussolini. That's the title. <laughs> Brothers of Italy's uh, leader, Georgia Maloney, have claimed victory in a general election that seems to get. Uh, Set install her as Italy's first female prime minister, leading the most right-wing government since the fascist era of Benito Mussolini. Keyword, fascist. Maloney entered Italy's crowded uh, political scene in 2006 and co-founded the Brothers of Italy in 2012, a party where, uh, whose agenda is rooted in uh, Euroscepticism and anti-immigration policy. In the last election in 2018, the party won just by 4.5%, but its popularity has soared in recent years. I wonder why underscoring Italy's longstanding rejection of mainstream politics. A 45-year-old mother from Rome, Maloney, is deeply conservative, openly anti-LGBT, and has threatened to play same-sex union, which were legalized in Italy in 2016. Under review, she has also called abortion a tragedy, rising fears for the future of women's rights in the country. So now, for some of you guys that haven't seen this video, I put it on Twitter yesterday in a you know, uh, from uh, uh, another person that I po- I just won't tell you what happened to her clip in a span of a day. Okay, 18 million? 18.3 million views in a day. So just listen to her. First, see if she sounds re- reasonable. You have to read the captions to see what it says, and then we'll tell you how you feel about her. So start it from the beginning. Potrei farne tante altre di queste domande. A monte c'è quella che ci facciamo oggi, perché la famiglia è un nemico? Perché la famiglia fa così paura? C'è una risposta unica per tutte queste domande. Perché ci definisce, perché è la nostra identità. Perché tutto quello che ci definisce in questo tempo è un nemico. Per chi vorrebbe che non avessimo più un'identità e che, fossero, che fossimo solamente schiavi, consumatori perfetti. E allora è sotto attacco l'identità nazionale, è sotto attacco l'identità religiosa, è sotto attacco l'identità di genere, è sotto attacco l'identità familiare. Non devo potermi definire italiana, cristiana, donna, madre, no. Io devo essere cittadino X, genere X, genitore 1, genitore 2, devo essere un numero. Perché quando sarò solamente un numero, quando non avrò più un'identità, quando non avrò più radici, beh, allora sarò lo schiavo perfetto in balia della grande speculazione finanziaria. Il consumatore perfetto. E questa è la ragione per la quale... Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi noi facciamo tanta paura. Questa è la ragione per la quale oggi questo appuntamento fa tanta paura. 
perché noi non vogliamo essere dei numeri, noi siamo qui per dire che noi non siamo dei numeri, noi difenderemo il valore della persona umana, di ogni singola persona umana, perché ognuno di noi ha un codice genetico unico e irripetibile. E questo piaccia o no a del sacro. Lo difenderemo, difenderemo Dio, la patria e la famiglia, che fanno tanto schifo a qualcuno. Lo faremo per difendere la nostra libertà, perché noi non saremo mai schiavi e semplici consumatori in balia della speculazione finanziaria. Ecco la nostra missione, ecco perché oggi sono venuta qui. Scriveva Chesterton ormai più di un secolo fa, vediamo se, lo, se ve lo trovo. Fuochi verranno attizzati per dimostrare che 2 più 2 fa 4. Spade verranno sguainate per dimostrare che le foglie sono verdi in estate. Quel tempo è arrivato, signori. Siamo pronti. Grazie. Okay. Can I, can I say one yeah, thing that, that, that struck me, bro? That, that is, first of all, amazing. I love her. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw clips. And how this is, this is how the, the left side and the other side worked. If you saw that clip, Jed, and you didn't have no subtitles, you didn't know what the hell she was saying, see it. They'll take just her yelling and being aggressive and be like, look at how she looks like a Mussolini. Look how she looks like she's aggressive and look at her anger. You have no idea what the hell she's saying. And look at the message she just said. She's really woke. I, I loved it. Um, I loved it. And I, I, you know, it's interesting. If I saw like in the chain, people were responding and people were saying, can we get her over here? Because and it's true. If you if you look at American politicians, there's such a diluted version of that. Like that. That looks like a real person with mm-hmm. re- that looks authentic. She cares. What she's saying. It doesn't look like a program robot coming out and saying a bunch of talking points. But I think this message is terrifying to authoritarians. It's terrifying to folks on the left. By the way, it's terrifying to folks on the left in this country because they see the vigor with which uh, a lot of people in America responded to this. And they're like, oh, we don't want any of that. This, look at what she's talking about. God, country, family, freedom, the, the, the power of the individual She's talking about facts. She's talking about basic facts being ignored. That's a pivot to gender identity. She's talking about the fact that we've just left that whole realm of the objective for this subjective whatever by which we can inject woke politics into everything. I thought it was a very, very powerful speech. I think it's this is what the left's been battling in the United States for a long time. I mean, you remember back to the 2008 presidential election, them them making fun of people who who were clinging to Bibles and their guns and going after these concepts of individual liberty and individual freedom. So I love seeing it there. I think it's important to see it there. But more than anything, Republicans in this country should be embarrassed. They should watch somebody like that. They should feel lazy. They should feel embarrassed, humiliated. And somebody should get off their ass and really start talking because... It's not safe. It's not safe like here. Like, oh, freedom is safe here. It's not. It's not safe here. Um, and we shouldn't be relying on other countries and leadership in other countries to say what we should be saying and doing here. I think DeSantis is the closest, if I may, is the closest that we have to that type of leader. I think so. The way he speaks, the way he doesn't care, the way he doesn't hold back, the way he's just, you know, raw. That's to me, that's the female version of Ron DeSantis. I mean, she's that's that's I'm a fan. I love her. She's amazing. The question you have to ask is why – it's a very basic question. Why did that video go viral? Why? It's a very basic question. Why did 19 million people in – how long was it up, by the way? I'm actually really curious. Why did 19 million – from the moment the guy posted – I'm going to go to the account. Was it two days back? Yeah. Why did – this was posted 9-25-22. What's today's date? 27. And it was posted at 11.34 p.m. So, so it's not really two dates. It's really – it's really 36 hours, 35 yeah. hours. 
Why has this thing gotten 19 million views in the 35 people, hours? The, you think because the people want Is it that? because 19 million people hate it? Or is it because 19 million people say, dude, this is kind of how I feel? What's yeah. wrong? Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's 19 million people who retweeted this. Out of the 19 million people who retweeted, how many of them don't speak Italian? <laughs> Do you realize 19 <laughs> million people retweeted a message just to read captions yep. and to feel her energy, knowing no clue? I don't speak Italian. But I relate to this woman. How do you process this, Adam? Well, um, I'm not ready to anoint her the best president ever yet. I mean, she's been in office one day. So mm-hmm. let's just pump the brakes here. Just, if, just, if you're a bad... So, ba- you know, we're, nobody yeah. here is saying best president no, ever. Exactly. <laughs> People are saying a message that she gave. Nobody's totally the best get president it. ever. And that yeah. allows me to speak about the message now. Clearly, this is someone who's passionate, speaking with conviction, and I, people want authenticity. You can tell that she's just like, yo, here's the freaking deal. So I respect that. But I'm not going to rush to judgment. We're all familiar with the Jeremy Lin analogy. You just one way, good game or one good that, string of games doesn't make a career. So I, I'm, Adam, I think, everybody's, nobody's going to judge her policies. The message is what we're talking about. How do you feel about her message? I don't care what the message she gave. Why is this message doing so well in a time like this? Well, why is her message? Why isn't Italy that was a socialist country forcing mm-hmm. everybody to stay home? This country that was has gone through all the high taxes, all the high regulation, all the high bullshit. Why is it all of a sudden they want somebody like her? Why is this message resonating with the people? Well, listen, I watched a few of her speeches, yeah. not just this speech, yeah. okay? So I'm not going to rush to judgment and pretend I know all the answers to freaking Italian politics. Clearly, she speaks with authority and with conviction and respect to her for that. And respect to her for being the first female prime minister in the history of Italy. So respect. And if you go through her speeches, she says things like, World problems require everyone's contribution, respect, mutual respect for people, democratic system. I'd look to unite, not divide. So all these are all great talking points. Yeah. The flip side is she's anti-LGBT. So there's going to be people so? talking about so? that's literally the stance of their party. What is it? What does that mean? How does that manifest? In, I mean, no, because people are called anti-LGBT here in the United States because they don't want people who identify as a certain gender to be able to use her, a her party agenda is rooted is rooted in anti-immigration. Yeah, I would policies be curious what I don't trust. That, I, what I'm Her saying is, I don't though. even trust that description because they say anti-immigrant if somebody wants to have a secure border. border yeah. So I just don't trust. I'm that okay language. with that. I'm just. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, ca- letting, no, I'm, I'm just letting, I'm genu- letting I'm you not know. Not against you. I'm yeah. saying I'm just genuinely yeah. curious. I'm just what giving those terms you both mean. sides of the equation yeah. here. I mean, just I'm not re- saying that I'm ready just, to just, anoint her as the best leader ever. Just clearly, she's she's been getting a lot of eyeballs, and that's great. Just from that speech, she's pro-family, and she's tired of you know X or Y or Z or male. She's she's tired of the woke shit. That's what I got. From that, I don't okay, know. Okay, so that. let me tell you, New York Times an article came out about her saying she's against gay couples adopting kids. Okay. Okay. So she's against gay couples adopting kids. That mm-hmm. is something she's not comfortable with. If that's anti LGBT, then that's her position. She's not for gay couples uh, adopting a kid. But she's also threatened basically to uh, do away with same sex marriages. I don't, this is not anything I really. I'm like obsessed with at all. I'm yeah. not yeah. gay. This is not something that I believe in. But if people want to get married, that's on. Each his own. Adam. Exactly. Hundred percent. Judge you, but I'm you, just letting ahead. you know what she stands for. <laughs> but the the bigger message here, and this kind of will circle back to what our friend said in 2011 about being a financial speculator, is she said it multiple times that I want people to be an individual, not a number, right? And uh, basically, she's calling out what she calls as us being consumers or just labeled as consumers by these massive conglomerates and basically not being at the whim of financial speculators. So 
I'm interested to see what she does with the Italian economy because I've been to Italy and like the whole knock on Italy is the the the, the northern half of the country basically supports the whole southern half of the country. Mm-hmm. The whole southern half of the country is basically just on perennial vacation. They don't they're pay taxes. Lunch, they're just yeah. drinking. They're, they're just doing their lunch, thing. Respect. You know. Yeah. Plus, she's got an uphill challenge. You know, Pat can speak to this all day. The mafia still controls a bunch of stuff oh, in Italy, oh. taxes, this kind of stuff. So awesome, amazing speech. You know, Oscar, amazing, great, gold medal. I'd like to see what actually she does before I anoint her the queen I of Italy. I care less about what she does. Let me let me tell you why I'm processing mm-hmm. this. I care less about what she does. Since two, since they started their party, people know what she stands for. It's not like it's a new thing. Like, yeah. she's been coming up since 2006 when she hit the political scene. Mm-hmm. So since 2000, for example, people are going to know if, let's just say Jedediah runs in 10 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's just say she does. I mean, it's a realistic, it's a candidate. It's a realistic candidate. We're talking Jedediah does something 10 years from now. Could mm-hmm. happen. If she does in 10 years, people are going to know her stance mm-hmm. since the meeting with Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. They're going to sit there and say, okay, this is what she stood for. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to say, all of a sudden, Jedediah is this. To you and I, we've not seen her because we're not in Italy. You're right. Correct. We're not part of Italian politics. But for a person, a woman, mm-hmm. to win prime minister, first ever to win, this tells you the fascists that they're talking about, the Republicans they're talking about, they don't care if the prime minister is a man or a woman, but they care that the values and principles that, that they believe in is protected by a leader. They don't look at her as a woman. I don't look at her as a woman. I look at her as a leader. Of course, she's a mother. She's a Christian. wife. She's got all this stuff, Christian. Yeah. All, but I look at her as a voice, as a leader. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing you have to look at is, why is this message resonating today with the Italian people? Are they sick of what happened the last two and a half years that they vote for somebody like this? Salute. More power to the people of Italy. Pat, quick question: uh, How long? How long? Do, how long is there a term for for those type of? I couldn't it, tell you. Did you know uh, time? I'm, I'm looking. Okay, because I'm curious. So like, is it like five years? Is it ten? Like, how how long was the last prime minister in there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he'll, he'll pull it up. Okay. What's your question? What's your? You oh, no, just no, want to do? Just curious. Know, I want to know the term. I got she you. Stays, I yeah. hope she stays. Pat, for a long just time. also, I mean, I think your question about why it resonates. I think it resonates because there's a huge void of this. There's, it, there's a void of somebody who will do this. It takes a lot of courage and guts to do this, That's to right. say these things. It resonates with people in Italy because all of those backward policies, which, by the way, we're now trying to institute in the United States, buried all of the Italian people. And they're like, no, I'm sorry. I want to be able to feed my family. I'm not interested in this nonsense. That's why it resonated with them. It resonated with people in countries like the United States of America because we're going the wrong way. And we're trying to say, hold on a second. We don't, do we really need to be buried to wake up? And the reason I brought up that point to you, Adam, was not to pick on you for saying anti-LGBTQ and all that. The reason I brought that up is because it actually really is an important political point, which is that the left often controls language. So this is a Christian. Instead of calling her anti-LBGTQ, why don't you call her pro-traditional family? Why don't you call her pro... She's religious. She doesn't believe in same-sex marriage. That's not a, a reason. To, she's not anti... She's pro-something. So when we do that, anti-immigrant. Why? Because you want to secure borders? So I, I just... I encourage people to always just not fall into that trap. Um, now, I don't know the, spe- the specificity of her policy on this, that, but just be cautionary about being these labels that they throw out there. You know, it's the same as, oh, racist, bigot, anti You know, they throw these labels out when they want to just have somebody look like a bigot. 
Instead, you know, she has her own set of values. She has her own set of things she believes in. She's religious. There are people religious all over the United States, by the way, who don't believe in same-sex marriage, not because they hate gay people, but because they're religious. And that's they're looking at the Bible. They're not bigots. So just be careful with accepting the language of the left because it's meant to stigmatize. I agree. I agree. Phenomenal. This was great to, you know, see her views. And folks, if you're listening to this and you, uh, uh, you know, agree with the audience that's responding, I'd be curious to know how many of you guys listen to her message and you say, you know what, I was impressed by it. Give it a thumbs up. If you're like, yeah, whatever, I'm not really, the message didn't do anything for me. Give us a thumbs down. We'd actually wouldn't mind seeing. Put a poll down there if you can, Tyler. I'd be curious to know how the audience is receiving her message. The next thing I want to talk to you guys about is this whole nuclear conversation. And if it happens, how ugly could it get? I got a few notes here that I want us to get into, but before we do that, let me give a quick shout out to today's sponsor of this podcast, which is Aura. A couple things I want you to know in regards to Aura. They're one of the top identity theft companies in America, and we've chosen to partner with these guys for a couple different reasons. Number one is, you know, 1.5 million identity theft uh, scenarios took place last year in America. You ready for this? For a total of $52 billion. Let me say this one more time. $52 billion. So a lot of times before this happens to you, you don't think it's going to happen to you. Every 14 seconds, there's a new victim. On top of it, in the history of America, cybercrime has officially exceeded home robbery. It's officially number one that this happens. We had one of our guys take Aura. Uh, Aaron went up there and says, let me see what Aura can test for myself. Over 40 different of his passwords were public in the dark web. Over 40 different passwords. Some of you guys may have passwords. I've gone through this before. If you haven't gone through it, it's very ugly, whether it's social security, credit cards, any of that stuff. So, you know, if you haven't done that, I suggest you look into these guys. What Aura does is they monitor the dark web for your emails, passwords, social security numbers, and sends alerts to you right to your phone and email. When it comes to fraud, every second matters. Connect your credit card. Bank accounts again notified of any changes up to four times faster than Aura's competitors. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. And their antivirus software will block malware and viruses before they infect your devices. So having said that, protect yourself, protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aura free for two weeks and see if any of you or your family's personal information has been compromised. You can start your 14-day trial at Aura.com forward slash PBD. Once again, Aura.com forward slash PBD. Aura is spelled A-U-R-A dot com forward slash PBD. Free 14-day trial. Go take advantage. And we're going to put the link below so for people to be able to find it as well. So having said that, let's let's talk about this story of uh, uh, nuclear bombs. And this is from CBS, by the way. It's not like it's a blog or somebody that just wrote it for the heck of it. CBS writes this article, okay? And the title reads, nuclear war between U.S. and Russia would kill more than 5 billion people just from starvation study finds. Even a relatively small nuclear conflict, such as one between India and Pakistan, would be devastating. A week-long nuclear war involving 100 weapons and the release of 5G 5TG, about 11 billion pounds of suit would kill 27 million people directly. The study said after two years, the international trade at a halt of 34.7 degrees Fahrenheit temperature dropped. The famine it creates would kill 255 million people. Assuming that the rest of the population got the minimum food needed to survive about 1,999 calories per capita per day, the largest scenario examined a week-long war involving 4,400 weapons 
150 TG, 330.6 billion pounds of suit, such as one that would occur between the U.S., its allies, and Russia would kill 360 million people directly and more than 5 billion people from starvation. And when you hear a story like this, we had Peter, uh, Dr. Peter Dry here. Peter Pry. Peter Pry here twice in one month. First time we ever did that with a guest. He came in here, we talked about, he's one of the leading uh, voices in the world, leading expert voices in the world Mm -hmm. in uh, weapons of mass destruction, nuclear bombs. He just died a month ago, by the way. You know, rest in peace. He died a month ago. We had him four or five months ago. You know, uh, uh, Putin making the prediction on a nuclear weapon that if you do this, you know, we're going to do this. And the U.S. warns Putin of catastrophic consequences of nuclear weapons are used in Ukraine. This is a Reuters story. The U.S. would respond decisively to any Russian use of nuclear weapons against Ukraine. And as spelled out to Moscow, the catastrophic consequences it would face. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on set on Sunday, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. What is the likelihood for any one of you, you know, percentage-wise, what is the likelihood that Putin uses a nuclear weapon against Ukraine at this point. What do you think? What do you think it is? Let's just hope that it's freaking very low. Tyler, okay. where are you at with this? What do you think it is? With Putin using nuclear weapons? Against Ukraine. We keep sending Ukraine 50, 60, 70 billion dollars. I think the percentage gets higher and higher and higher every day. Again, we're talking about Iran, right? And the protests in Iran and the people standing up for freedom and and actually something that could be pivotal in not only the Middle East but the world, right? If they were to overthrow the government, this could fundamentally reshape the Middle East and the world. Yet we have no concern about it, right? We want to send off 50, 60, 70 billion dollars and sit there and kick Vladimir Putin until he turns around and he punches us. What do you think is going to happen? Like this is our fault. I think we need to get out of Ukraine. The, the idea that Ukraine was going to then move – or excuse me, that Russia was get, then going to move into Poland and totally reform the USSR is absurd. He knows he doesn't have the power to do that. He knows exactly what would happen if he did try to do that. He wanted to, over, to take over Ukraine because we kept pushing to put NATO uh, in Ukraine, have Ukraine become a part of NATO, and put the U.S. military and nuclear weapons at his doorstep. And he knows better than that. Um, I, I think the chances of him u- using nukes get higher and higher and higher every day. And is, again, it a, is it at 1%? Is it at 5%? Is it at 10%? What do you think? I, I don't think it's a full-scale nuclear weapon. I think it's a tactical, tactical nuke, nu- yeah, but I sure. think it's at 15%. But I, think I don't it gets know. Higher if, and higher I, I, and higher I, there's every day. part of what, I, what you're saying that I agree with. Like we're pushing uh, Putin to the edge, and I've been saying this for months now. We've got to get this guy an off-ramp. If there's anything that he demands, it's respect. If you're feeling disrespected and you're backed against the wall – you know you're gonna lash out like a you know scared animal, uh, but I don't dis- agree with you, Tyler. On what is he gonna invade Poland? It's like there's a reason that freaking Finland, who has been basically you know abstaining from being a part of NATO for 50 years, is like, yeah, we're gonna join now because they share a 400 mile border with Russia. Mm-hmm. So if they can just walk into Ukraine, next thing you know they're walking into Finland. Next thing you know, we're walking to Poland. These are legitimate concerns from bordering countries. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I do trust that our government knows what they're doing in relation to Ukraine and, and Russia. That's fine. You can be on the other side of the table. That's good. But I think Anthony Blinken, who's basically running the show over there, is a very competent individual. He just he, that's he, the joke. That's I mean that's great. This is why we're in fucking America. That you can have your, have your opinion. You can have exactly. your proud boy opinion. Yeah. I can have my soy boy opinion. We can meet in the middle. Yeah. It's all good. But I do think that the world has basically spoken that. A madman just can't just walk into other people's countries and redefine borders. When that did just he magically something... become a madman? 
Okay. Why was he not a madman in 2016? Ju- okay, He's so been a, yeah, I was just okay. what, what, no, let's but, just say a power-hungry guy. Let's just say it like that. I know why? that you want, I know that your side wants to, you know, advocate no, no, defend no, but, Putin. That's your guy. You kind of have a poster up okay, on his wall. No. I get Quit it. With the ad hominem. However, why do you think he didn't do this in 2016? What was the first thing that Donald Trump wanted to do? He wanted to abolish NATO. What was the point of NATO? Was to keep the USSR in check. Where's the USSR? They haven't existed since Ronald Reagan. The first thing Trump wanted to do was abolish NATO, and that's what kept Vladimir Putin at bay. Yeah, because if somebody's going to abolish NATO, you're just going to let them do what they want to do. What's the phrase? If your enemy is basically shooting himself in the foot, go ahead and shoot your, let them shoot themselves in the foot. Of course, if the president of the United States is talking about abandoning NATO, if you're Putin, you're like, have at it. Why do I need to do anything to, to make this happen? You're going to talk about it doing anyway. And there's a high likelihood that if Trump was reelected, he'd be pushing more and more and more to get out of NATO. Right. So I don't I don't agree with this presumption that if Trump was there, then the, who knows what happened with Putin? Putin's been basically been calculated this entire time. If there's anything you want to say about Putin is he's calculated. So maybe I misspoke about the madman thing, but the guy could turn into a fucking madman I mean, if basically we don't give him an off ramp. I think the percentage is kind of in the low. But uh, but like Pat, I, I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Jordan Peterson with Piers Morgan. And I mean, he, it was scary as shit because he even asked Jordan Peterson, he goes, he probably could i mean like those tactical little dirty nukes bro it's not like a missile and it just it's dangerous bro i don't know and especially like this winter's coming he's in charge of what all all the you know uh, who, I, I forgot the quote was something about you he who controls the money isn't in power it's the person that controls all the like you know the 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 food and the and the supplies and shit and it's gonna be a really really bad winter for europe because and dude i'm telling you right now they're going to keep pushing him and keep pushing him and keep pushing him. He could do it. I would say it's at like a 15 to 20 percent. Why didn't we have the same reaction when Putin invaded Crimea? Why didn't we have the same reaction? That, oh, my God, he's going to reform the USSR. Why have it all, all of a sudden now it's Ukraine. Then he invades Ukraine that he's going to reform the USSR. Obama sat back. He said, give me space. I'll give you what you want. And he walked into fucking Crimea and nobody cared. Six people died in Crimea. That was it. And he took it over and Mm -hmm. like fundamentally not much has changed. But now all of a sudden he wants to walk into Ukraine and everybody loses their mind. So we're sending essentially what's your point that we should do nothing in Ukraine and just let him do what he's got to do in in the Obama. Totally disagree. The Obama doctrine was I totally disagree. That was done with an interview with Barack Obama in like 2014. Obama said we have no fundamental interest in Ukraine. It serves us no purpose. Mm -hmm. He said this out loud. He said, we have no interest in defending Ukraine because it doesn't serve us a purpose. Again, it was the third most corrupt country in the world. It still is an exceptionally corrupt country. Mm -hmm. And all we're doing is pissing off Vladimir Putin, losing money, losing arms, getting to a point to where we can't defend ourselves. And we're pushing him into the arms of Xi Jinping, who is an actual real threat. Vladimir Putin is a bully. He's nothing more than an annoyance. Mm -hmm. If we wanted to flatten Russia, we could do it. Quickly. They also have more nuclear weapons than us. So no, I mean that you're kind of speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You can't like. You're, so what's your ultimate point? That we should not be in Ukraine whatsoever, and that we should just let Putin push around his weight and just start invading countries left and right? Because after Ukraine, how do you know he doesn't go into Finland? There's a fucking reason that Finland, after 50 years, joined NATO. So if you if you listen the 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 
president, the prime minister of Finland, just spoke out against this. He went on to Fareed Zakaria, who's a very credible news source, and he's like, yeah, I've been meeting with Putin for years and years and years. I've never seen him like this. And he asked a very specific question. He goes, what effect did COVID do you think have on Putin? And he goes, I think he's been isolated by his palace, in his palace all by himself, and he's kind of going stir crazy, and the madman tendencies are coming out. If you're by yourself and nobody's around you giving you influence, nobody's talking sense to you, who knows what he's going to do right now? So if you're the world and you're looking back and you're seeing a strong man walk into a country and start taking it over, it's a little bit different than Ukraine, I'm sorry, than Crimea, when you walk into Kiev and you start basically killing innocent people in nurseries and, and old age homes, it's a little bit different than just six people being killed in Crimea. It's a little bit different. So if you don't stand up to Putin now and you just let him do this, which you're clearly advocating, what's next? So no, I'm, I'm an advocate of standing our ground, the world standing the ground, the EU standing the ground, saying no, this is completely unacceptable to just start recreating borders. I'm not an advocate of that. Are you? Well, that's what we're doing currently. And it feels like in the U.S. that, that the, the same administration that wants to defend Ukraine's border doesn't want to defend the southern border of the United States. So that's, that, but, that's a totally on, different my, my, concept. My point, now you're going on to a different thing. I'm asking if well, you're no, okay why, why, with, why with is Putin. It, why is it our business, though, Adam? I want, I want to know. Because here's the thing. The number is actually, I think, lower. I think it's probably right now at about a 5%. But Tyler's right, in my opinion. I do think that when you poke the bear and poke the bear and poke the bear, that number is going to rise. So my, my question is, why has this become the new cause here in America. Why are we sending money? My opinion is we should not be sending a dime to Ukraine. What is the justification for that? It is a deeply, deeply corrupt government that has been elevated by most of the hard left in this country as another America. They present it as if it's this great democratic republic. It is not. It is not. And if the if the new if the new uh, mantra here is that we need to intervene Every time Putin does something or every time to what end? So I'm just trying to figure out the long term strategy of that. Is that that we get involved and send financial and otherwise assistance to every country when this happens? Why is Ukraine different? Why did isn't it interesting to everybody that the entire American media jumped on board with this talking point from the get go? The entire American media on the left, who is largely non-interventionist at their core, why are they suddenly so passionate about us sending a ton of money to Ukraine? And why has Zelensky become this? I mean, you see him as if he's the like the second coming of Christ. Yeah. So I, I find that highly suspicious in a, in a, in a government that's deeply, deeply corrupt. Um, again, not, this is not America number two. And by a lot of people who, generally speaking, are very much well, stay out of it unless they come at us. It's none of our business. Stay out of it. That suddenly have this heavily interventionist approach. I find it all highly suspicious. I don't think we should so be involved I, there I, at all. You bring up some very valid points right there. And if it was just the U.S. that was basically funding this operation, I would have legitimate questions as to what's going on. But when the entire EU and a NATO who's on that mm-hmm. side of the world is basically saying, yeah, we're on Team Ukraine. Yeah, that kind of makes a little bit more sense to me. So if it was just the United States, I clearly hear you on that. But I don't know, something about What is the strategic interest for us, though, in getting involved in Ukraine in particular? And is there going to be a strategic interest in getting involved in Finland in every area that Putin decides to or not to touch? What, What is the strategic American interest in doing that? Yeah, I mean that's something that you should ask Anthony Blinken. But the, well, I, but, I don't need to ask Anthony Blinken because it doesn't exist. So you're basically so the question I have is you're just okay with strongmen basically recreating borders? No, that I mean, listen, that's a legitimate question though, Jeff. <laughs> no, I, I mean, do I love Putin? 
No. Am I a Putin fan? Do I wear a Putin shirt? No, I don't. But there has to be a reason for involvement. If you're going to send, first of all, this, this country is broke. We are broke. The people of this country are broke. There is no justification for sending money out unless there's a strategic interest for the United States. You know, this whole America first, we, we're, we're, people are struggling here. They can't even put food on their table. The gas prices, this, that. Everybody wants to complain about that. And then it's like, oh, let's send more money. If we are going to send our money out and we are going to poke the bear over there, which we are doing, and we are going to, to in, in, invite a higher level of risk assessment for people in the United States with every move we make, then there damn, be, damn well better be a, a strategic interest that can be delineated, that's clear, and a long-term plan. I don't see either of those things, and I see a deeply corrupt government that we're rushing to defend with no justification. So uh, my 100% vote is stay out of it. That doesn't mean I endorse Putin. That means that not, not every instance will warrant United States intervention and justify that. And in this case, it does not. I'm to totally okay with being non-interventionalist, 100%. But sending I mean, them money is being Yeah, but it's a different thing. This is a proxy war. This isn't fucking Vietnam. This isn't the disaster that happened in Iraq and Afghanistan. If anything, we've learned our lesson that we can't send our troops into these countries to try to make a difference. Why are we sending our money? Well, because that's a, the, basically the what we have, the resources that we, we don't can have do. It. Of course we do. We don't have it. We just talked about the debt. We don't have it. People, we don't have that money to spend. That's extra. We we don't have that money. We we could you could easily. Tyler brings up the border. Everybody wants to laugh about that, but we could easily take that money and put it toward defending our own borders, and where we have a flood of dangerous drug cartels that are coming across the Texas border every day. Nobody seems to care about. Take that money that we're sending over to Ukraine and actually do something to protect our own border from this influx of horror. That's affecting, you know, a human trafficking surge. That's a, a disaster. We have plenty of things that that money needs to go to that it's currently being sent to Ukraine where there is no strategic interest. So I think it's no brainer. And I think there is something deeply corrupt going on um, at the high, high government level that is that is then filtering out to media that is encouraging this. And it's, it's very dangerous. You, Pat just mentioned that article about. Uh, U.S. This one is from Reuters, where U.S. warns Putin of catastrophic consequences if nuclear weapon used in Ukraine, and U.S. would respond decisively to any Russian use. What does that mean? Respond decisively? You're going to enter a war with Russia now over Ukraine? This is utterly insane. This is we are now in insane turf, um, and it just it's 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 wackadoo. Well, and Adam, my point with Crimea: only six people died. So they estimate eighty thousand Russians have been killed in this conflict. How many do you think would have died if? The United States wasn't sending weapons, money, ammunition, funding, arming That's the right. Ukrainian army. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to know a, a larger strategy that the United States probably has is they would love to see Putin out of office. And if you're seeing what's happening right now in Russia and that he just what called well, up 300,000 reservists, people are protesting. OK, so you have a strong man in Russia. They don't even have it's not even oligarchy. It's a freaking thugocracy. OK, it's him and his thugs basically just siphoning off money for themselves and just doing what they want in the country and i think at the at the end of the day united states this is not something that we stand for now we can kind of go about different you know ways of basically dealing with them and well, who's right and who's wrong but if in terms of values and principles of what we stand for in america russia and putin is not it so, Neither is what's going on under Zelensky in Ukraine, though. That's the thing. It's been glorified. It's been twisted and distorted. And you're by not media. wrong about that. We don't I, stand I, for that either. So why we, we don't stand for any of it? So stay out of it. You know, like and, and and this government stays out plenty. Remember the Iranian revolutions during the Obama years? We stayed out of that. Why? People were saying, oh, that they're in the streets. They're talking about freedom. They're talking about freedom. They need help. They need help. And they were like, no, 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 no. Let's not even get involved in there. So this this something. This is. Something deeply corrupt and political. Because if we were going to get involved, that's internal. Was there a proxy war that we could have fight in Iran? But but there's nobody there's nobody to fund. 
but but how are we going to fund people? Right, but there was not even a but talk if, of that. But, was but, there but, a call for that by the by the the hard left in this country that's now putting Zelensky on posters outside of it? It's like you got to have you know on Twitter. It's like you've got your your gender pronouns and then you've got your Ukrainian flag and you've got a big picture yeah. of Zelensky. Why? That's that tells you there's something deeply disturbing going on here. If you if you can't outline the strategic interests for the United States and it's just well Putin is bad. Putin is bad. What's going on in Ukraine under a deeply corrupt government is bad. It's none of our business. Benny, you want to weigh in? I um, I was lost at Ukraine. <laughs> I love this guy. No, no, but I, I mean, but, but, yo, Tyler, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, the, the this administration is really, really tied into Zelensky with whole, with that whole you know Biden. When, what was that? What was that? Uh, Burisma, that interview Burisma. where he was sitting there with Burisma, his son, everything. Maybe they're just like, hey, listen, keep sending us money. We have a bunch of evidence. We won't say shit. We won't we'll yeah, say well, anything. No, no just keep helping us. Yo, we're up to what eighty billion? How much money are we giving them? It's it's fifty or sixty. Fifty or so, okay. Listen, point. that's and it's going to keep going. We're up. paying for it. We have been, what? And I agree. What is the end goal? What are we getting from? I know they're rich and a bunch of you know they have like you know uh, minerals and they have all that stuff. Are we getting any of that? Well, we're helping them, but there is a there is a reason that we don't know. And I would, I mean. I think it's corrupt 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm with her 100%. Here's my biggest concern. Let me just say what my biggest concern is. <clears throat> so um, there, there's certain stories we won't know for a long time. Like we're not going to know why such a massive support for Ukraine with Biden and his son Hunter and the dealings with Ukraine. We're not going to know that for maybe 20, 30 years, like yeah. the real story. Things may come out of DeSantis gets elected and maybe some kind of he puts some kind of an investigation to go look it up. Fine. But you're going to see a movie 30 years from now. We're all going to be in our 70s and we're going to sit there. Adam, did you see that new movie starring, you know, (laughs) Ryan Gosling, you know, his grandson, you know, whatever. And we're going to say, wow, remember that one time in the podcast in 2022 when we were young, we were talking about it and we're going to laugh and crack up. I'm going to say, damn, that's pretty dark on what happened. So stay tuned for that on what happened there. Aside from that, um, my biggest concern is. You know, there's certain again, I've said this certain people that say they're gonna do something, if you if you take it lightly and then they do it, a lot of people get hurt. And you know, when you're looking like right now, Azerbaijan, Armenia, you know, China, Taiwan, Russia, Ukraine, if it, all it takes is one, all it takes is one moment for Putin to wake up and say, You guys don't believe I'm real, no problem. Boom, here's Ukraine. Then you have to respond. Right. So you, we have to respond because we're in too deep. Then if we do respond, then what happens? Okay. Today, if you talk to folks in Europe, they'll tell you electricity bill is up uh, 80%, 90%. Okay. You know, the whole concept of winter is coming. Winter is coming for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like right now, how many people in the world you think are worried about the hurricane in Florida? Only people living in Florida. Right. Yep. Okay. Nobody else. But no one around the country is going to say, hey, what's going on with the hurricane? Just no. my mom. Right. Just my mom. Yeah. So, my mom. But, but if, you, if you're living in Ukraine, if you're living in Russia, if you're living in Europe, if you're living in those places, you're sitting there saying, I hope something doesn't tick this guy off to go to the next side. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If they push him to that point, we don't know why Biden is so protective about Weird. somebody. Like, you know, you see this in movies or scenes where somebody's overprotective about a personality. You know, in the next thing, oh, they're dating. That's exactly. why, you know, nobody puts baby in the corner. They're dating. <laughs> there's a baby. She's pregnant. Like yeah. even the movie Dirty Dancer, mm-hmm. there's something there. Why is Biden so protective of Ukraine? Weird. Someone's Weird. pregnant. Someone's Somebody's, got a baby. Yeah, we exactly. don't, put baby you don't corner. put baby Ukraine but in the corner. Let, so let me I, ask you a legitimate yeah. question. 
don't you think that the powers that be, whether you're Secretary of State, you're you know defense, national defense, yeah. generals, don't you think legitimate question? They've sat in a room, have already con- gone gone through all these war games. Don't you think that's happened? Yeah, you'd be naive if you say no to that. Clearly, they have had these discussions. Yeah. Clearly, NATO's had these discussions. How much do we want to push them? Clearly, they've already overthought yeah, this but, beyond. But but, but but what does that mean, though? Does that mean that they're right? Of course, they've had the discussions. Listen, you, you know, uh, for example, it's like saying, clearly you have to tell me that the coaches of the Lakers know Shaq's free throw is an issue. You have to know clearly they're practicing this. Clearly they know that Dwight Howard only has one move to dunk mm-hmm. and they have to work on it. Clearly the coaches know this. Yeah. Clearly the coaches do know that. Clearly they know that. But the wrong strategy still could lose. And many people in the profession – how many times have you watched a professional – you know, Super Bowl and a professional coach making $10 million a year makes one bad call and it costs them the Super 100%. Bowl. We've seen it. So what makes mm-hmm. you think professionals don't make a bad call? This doesn't mean Blinken is a bulletproof guy with the best strategies of the world and he's a second coming of Sun Tzu and he's got all the best strategies. He's going to write a, a Art of War Part 2 by Blinken. Oh, he's the one that's going to... No. So it just means sometimes you got bad leaders in place that they're over their head and there are certain decisions that they shouldn't be making. And by the way, we're going to find that very soon. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, I'll talk to you from the economy standpoint. The market's already going to go down the next two and a half years until, you know. By the way, the only thing like midterms that the Republicans, when I see the market spiking in uh, right after elections. So if you look at whatever it's, uh, election falls on, what day What day is it on? And uh, November midterms 7th, is when? November uh, Tyler. Is it 22nd? November 7th. Okay, November 7th. You vote on the 22nd. 100%. Expect, expect November 8th. For the market to go up, okay? November 8th. Expect the market to go up on November 8th, okay? If they win Congress, if they have control of, if there's any kind of thing to have control, market's gonna go up. If it doesn't, market's gonna keep going down. Mm. But if Putin does attack Ukraine with nuclear weapons, that will go down to 15 to 18,000. 18, that will go to 15 to 18,000 if that happens. The level of panic and the fear selling will be record breaking at the highest level if it goes to that point if it does okay you're hoping it doesn't happen at this point uh, he's losing people leaving this country they're going to other countries they don't he's losing people right now he's asked mm-hmm. 300,000 people who are civilians who are former vets to come and serve like dude I don't want to do this babe babe you're 42 years old what are you doing you don't shouldn't go to but he's what do you want me to do Putin's asking me to do it people are in a very civil unrest over there but if this next move happens by him to show strength I think things will move very, very rapidly. And, uh, you know, I, I would be much more for a diplomat. Your friend said something the other day where, it's, you know, we're over here. I didn't, you yeah. know, it's a couple of guys. Component. One guy's like, well, you know, what do you want him to do? I'm like, look, you can, you have to figure out a more diplomatic way of handling certain situations. If you don't, it leads to a war. The diplomacy, diplomacy takes place here. So someone's got to get in there and figure out a way to get closer to Get this man to not make that kind well, of a and we dramatic had, decision. Remember when they had talks in March? And yeah. they scrapped him. We we were right there. We were about to have diplomacy, yeah. and they scrapped it. You know why I think we're so – maybe this is you – know, like, like you said, years down the road, we're going to find out. Like maybe don't put baby in the corner. I guarantee you Hunter Biden probably was there and got high and left the laptop <laughs> in Ukraine. And now we're like we got to give him as much money as we can. Don't release There's it. There's something there you I guarantee, don't know that's overly – 20 years, like you said, yeah. we're going to be like – Oh, that's what it was. It's yeah. going to be something like that. Because yeah. we lifted him up. You said it. Remember that month? 
Everything was Ukraine. The flag. People had no idea what the hell was going on. Zelensky was an actor. Now he's all of a sudden like. Yeah, it's like it's like this. You know, I've ran sales offices for a long time, and all of a sudden I'll see one guy defend a girl in the office. Yeah. <laughs> and then two months later, that's yeah. oh, my girlfriend. Oh, oh I knew yeah. it. Yeah, I, I got it. So got you. maybe Ukraine's you know, Biden's girlfriend. Some, something's I don't know. going on. I don't something's know. Happening. Something's going on. We're not yeah. going to know for a minute, but it is what it is. Listen, the good news is Apple begins making the iPhone in India. Hmm. Marking a big shift in its manufacturing strategy, Apple said Monday it's assembling its flagship iPhone 14 in India, and the U.S. technology giant looks to shift some production away from China. I think we read the story a couple weeks ago. J.P. Morgan analyst said in a note uh, this month that Apple will move 5% of its production over to India by late 2022. Apple could make 25% of its iPhones by 2025 in India. This is phenomenal. I'm going to keep giving love to India. India is the number one threat to China. China does not like India. They don't like the fact that the average age in India is 28 years old versus the average age in China is 38, close to 39 years old, and they have the same amount of population, and they're not afraid of China. And the prime minister banned 100 apps of China in India. TikTok is not available in India. These are all great things that's going on. And by the way, the fact that Mark Benioff gets up there and says, you know, if you want to pull up the Mark Benioff story from Salesforce, and he says uh, 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 Mark Benioff threatens to pull company from – that's that's a completely different thing because it's it's a different place. But it goes back to Adam throwing us off. But you know what? I love seeing Indiana – I love seeing India, India doing what they're doing with production. I love China being afraid of India. I love seeing them picking up more contracts. I hope they continue – to do what they're doing with uh, that part. Now, let's talk about British pound just plunged to an all-time low against the U.S. dollar. Here's what happened and what it means. Okay, it's on page 9 if you want to go to it. This is actually a pretty big deal because everything they're buying on imports about to go up. So the pound uh, plunged to an all-time low of um, 1.035 against the U.S. dollar on Monday as traders bet that looming tax cut could fuel inflation prompt faster interest rate hikes and undermine Britain's already shaky economy. Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng said Friday that he intends to scrap Britain's top income tax rate of 45% to to scrap, nix a scheduled rise in the national insurance rate, and abolish the stamp duty on property purchase of under $250,000. His tax cut plan is aimed at boosting the ailing UK economy and reducing the risk of Severe recession, however, it sparked fear of faster price increases, government debt that's out of control, and a worse downturn and a weaker pound will make imports more expensive. Do you remember the when, when everybody used to say, well, the pound, is, the pound is two times the U.S. dollar? Mm-hmm. Look at this right here. Zoom in a little bit. Zoom in a little bit. Zoom in a little bit. Go to, go to 2008 or 2009, whatever that is. What is that? This go a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. 2007, 2008. It was, just so you know, at the highest, well, it was 2.11 to the dollar. And it dropped to 1.035. Wow. They're sitting there saying, do you know what this means, though? Like, what you were buying, your old money, can't buy what it was buying. Wow. So say you're sitting on $250,000 to buy a house. That's worth $250,000. But then it drops from two to one. To one. That means you now need $500,000. buy that house. Okay, yeah. to buy the same thing you were going to buy import coming in. This is a real issue in UK. In, uh, and, UK. And you, mm-hmm. So, Pat, what would you like investment wise? Remember, like that guy that, that said opportunity wise and all that stuff. What kind of opportunity would you say, like, especially with something like that happening? Is it like buying stuff in, in Europe? What, what, what would be like one of the things that somebody could do to take advantage of this type of situation? I'm, I, I, 
don't take my advice on this. I I'm love just your advice. You what's on, I, I would buy the pound. <laughs> Seriously? I would buy the pound because look at the pound over the last 50 years, 60 years. Look at the pound. Yep. You know, it's generally buck fifty to the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe it takes a hit for the next year, two years, and then goes back to buck fifty. You're going to make fifty percent, but th- that's again, the, I'm purely <laughs> speculating is, what yeah. I would do. That's my money. You do. do what you, you can like. go buy to two men if you want to go buy some pesos. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it's at a one <laughs> to one, yeah. may not be a bad time to buy some. Yeah. So, what's your strategy with pesos? Just move to the UK, bro. <laughs> move to the UK. I, I will say this: um, you know, we get fixated on what's going on in the American economy. Clearly, we're here in America. We're pro-America. We want us, our, you know, we want to prosper and do all that. Housing market, stock market. I think it, it it just it just gives a clearer perspective. Like everyone's dealing with some shit right now since COVID. Okay, <laughs> point to a country that's thriving right now. I guess you know China's the only country that had a positive Sweden. GDP in 2021. Yeah. But a lot of countries, especially bigger ones, you know, more prominent countries, everyone's dealing with economic issues right now since COVID. Okay, all the money, the inflation, the printing, you know, everything that Dave Ramsey talked about. Um, so everyone's kind of looking for stability in their life, uh, you know. And it, I, like what Jed talked about, it starts within your own individual situation, your own per- personal responsibility, uh, because there's so much craziness going on in the world right now. You know, if you would have told us a few years ago that the pound is equal to the dollar, we'd be like, what the hell yeah. are you talking about? I wouldn't believe you. The euro just went below the dollar a few months ago. That never... It, we, yep. The world is changing. changing. So, um, you know, we, we kind of shit on what's happening in the U.S. economy. But from a global macro perspective, we're doing all right. The dollar's pretty strong right now. But, you know, focus on what you can control, not basically what's happening in the total macro global enco- uh, economy. Got you. So, with that being said, that whole last go by part, the pound. like went in here and flew out and it went through her. But I feel good. Like I feel like what you're yeah. talking about. We have to sit down for at least. You two hours. look like a broker from Goldman. Yeah, exactly. Sachs. <laughs> That's you all look, that matters. So today, today you should do a skit saying so. You know, as a Goldman Sachs advisor, I'd like to give you some counsel on what to do with your investments. Okay, and you good. say that too. When you put that hat on, on especially if the hat makes it. Like, you when know, you like, put like, that when hat on, trying to be dorky. They're like, I'm cool. You look like you just got drafted first round in the NBA right there with that. Right there. I love this hat. So, look, man, I got uh, a couple last things here before we wrap up with nine minutes before I get on this stream team call. Uh, a question, just a crazy question for you guys. Crazy question for you guys. I'm curious to know what you think about this. What similarities do the Kennedys and the Trumps have together? What similarities do, do those two families have? They stick together. Just out no of curiosity, what, what, what similarities do Trump, by the way, politically, Republican, Democrat, but what do those two families have in common? They, they look good. <laughs> what else? I would say they both really love the country. Like genuinely have a love for the country. I agree. Okay. In a way is that you I, can't say, I don't think about the Bushes or the Clintons or... I agree, Pep. And, and, and I think we talked about this last, our last podcast. With, I love him, hate him. I don't care. Watch, go on YouTube, YouTube, um, Donald Trump, 90s, Letterman, everything. Every single time he was on, I love America. I love the... He was, he was pro... Pro-American, I think mm-hmm. uh, Tyler just killed it. The, the Kennedys were willing to die for it. What, too, what right? else do you think they had in common? I think they both have a uh, uh, generational legacy going on. You know, it started with Joseph Kennedy down to JFK and Bobby and, and Ted Kennedy, and now their kids are, in, are involved. And obviously, if you start with, what, Fred Trump, what was the what was the father, and, and basically Donald, and and uh, obviously the kids that are going on now and everything with Ivanka and Don. So there's like, you know, uh, which the same thing you can kind of say for the Bushes. 
Um, but basically, there's a there's a, a deeper perspective of uh, familial involvement in uh, macroeconomic why, perspective. Why were so many political elites? Why did they want to get rid of both families? Well, they're disruptors. Got and, it. And so, okay, so so we just got to the point right populist. there. Mm-hmm. So both of them are disruptors. Yeah, didn't right? like, didn't want war. What what else? Neither one of them wanted war. Exactly. What else? Um. What else? You're calling out the uh, the establishment. The Both elite, of them call the that the establishment, right? What else? They were they were for the most part united, okay, as a family. What else? Mm-hmm. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. What else? Those two families. The uh, the head of the family, whether it's JFK or uh, Trump, they're sleeping with women. They're sleeping with a lot of women. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, where I was going. Okay. Go, baby. What else? Stormy Daniels or Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. What else? I would say Marilyn over Stormy any day of the week. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, what else? I what think else? the biggest thing has to be going against the establishment. Right? Okay. Establishment, military, establishment, agencies, yeah. et, cetera, the et cetera, Industrial complex. Yeah. Yeah, going the CIA, the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting thing on why those two families got targeted. Where you know you eventually kind of want both families to go away. Hey, you kind of not letting us do what we're doing. We don't like you. Just be quiet. Leave us alone. Do you know? Kind of do go elsewhere. Where back in the days, assassination was a little bit different to do because you didn't have the whole social media and all this stuff going on. Technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today, the approach for assassination. There's so many different ways to do it because you can gaslight a lot more today than you did before. Not everybody watched the news back in the days. Today, everybody uses social media which essentially forces everybody to watch the news. Because if you watch social media, you're automatically watching the news because you're being fed whatever people want you. So, you know, where 40 years ago, not 60 years ago, people are like, I don't know if I need to watch anything mm-hmm. with politics. I don't need to listen to the news. Today, you're forced to do it. So they can't do what they did back in the days, but they're going after this guy hardcore. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, uh, the next 6, 12, 24 months with the situation of Trump and what other creative way they try to go after the family. And if someone's going to break and just say, man, I want to distance myself from what's going on with my pops versus unifying, which will irritate the hell out of them. But I was just sitting, I was having a conversation with a couple of friends. I said, what do those two families have in common? Because if you think about the two most hated families by the elite I don't know if there's anybody that's nah. above those two families. Nah. Well, the elites hated Reagan, too, but maybe not the family at but large. But Reagan didn't have a real united, like Ronald Reagan, Ron, his son, turned against him. Ron is a Yeah, but the establishment couldn't stand Ronald Reagan either, so that was in common. They couldn't stand him. Yeah. But the family got thick, and the most hated family, the two, by the establishment and the elites, it's got to be Kennedy and Ra- Kennedy and. uh Trump. I wonder if it's because they're kind of messy. And by messy, I mean unpredictable, meaning that, you know, they're they don't they're not they don't tow a predictable line. You know, the anti-establishment thing goes beyond just the establishment. When I when we say the establishment, oftentimes we think of like the Republican establishment or the Democrat establishment, but also the institutions as well, as Tyler mentioned. I think once you're willing to kind of fire at the institutions that becomes deeply threatening to the larger establishments yeah and like like yeah and like especially like you know jfk's biggest what what apparently killed him going against you know saying no war no vietnam going against lbj going against lbj finish trump and i think we talked about this pat on one of the first podcasts that i was on here uh like i think like six months ago donald trump the moment he was like i'm gonna drain the swamp alligator when you drain the swamp you think alligators snakes they just go okay Thank you. They don't go quietly. They bite. Mm. They come back. They attack. And, dude, that, that's what it is. And, and the moment, dude, if you think about it, love them or hate them, fake news 
just think about that one year fake news that woke up how many people i'm not gonna front that made me go wait a minute at cnn dude i listen to cnn Fox, i listen to everything i just figure out i you know i figure out what the bullshit is i figure it out myself mm-hmm. dude that made cnn like now look look at cnn because of year fake news to jim acosta now look look at cnn people are are really waking up and he did it and drained the swamp that was his biggest mistake talking shit to the media because think about it if you right now you go and you see uh the white house press briefing who's the who's the girl that's on there right now uh the the black girl so think about it peter deucey is one guy he's the only guy everybody else is quiet ask the questions and then she shuts it down she's like you don't know you don't you don't know when uh uh who was a herrick uh sanders was in uh, her, uh, what was Bernie her name? Sanders? Uh, Huckabee Sanders. Sarah. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Sarah yeah. It was 90 people yelling, God, they were attacking her. And you know what I mean? This uh, Going after Peter Ducey is doing a great job. He's, I been, like he's the Peter only Ducey one. He's yeah. the only guy. And the way he does it is so phenomenal. Yeah. Where he asks a question and she's like, so what do you think about Jen Psaki, <laughs> what she said about crime being up and the fact that the elections... Well, I, I can't, can't really t- talk about right now. political <laughs> yeah. stuff here, but I will tell you, I don't think that's what she really meant, but I disagree with yeah. her on this. It was yeah. so awkward yeah. on what happened with it. Look, to wrap it up here, a couple different things. Here's what you need to know that we believe in. We believe the future is bright. We're very confident about the future being bright because I fully believe the right leaders are going to rise up. There's a couple things I do want to tell you guys. These hats finally came in. These are it. customized hats. If you want to zoom in a little bit with the camera, I don't know if they can do it from back there or not. Okay, so it's it's a it's a uh, uh, these will go out in no time. They've already. I think there's only like 120 of these left. But it's the Valuetainment Shield on the front. Sick. On the side, it says "Future Looks Bright" right here, and then on the lid, it also says oh, "The I Future Looks Bright" with I the like inside having Valuetainment <laughs> all over it. So if you haven't ordered one of these. We got them in black, we got them in red, we got them in uh, uh, white, and they will go very, very quickly. So if you want to put the link below, if you're a valuetainer, if you follow the podcast, if you represent free enterprise, free market, freedom of speech, you're a free thinker, and you want to represent that in the market, go get yourself a valuetainment hat. Put the link below for people to be able to get this merch. We don't have a lot of these. These will sell out in no time. Uh, So go click on the link below, get your uh, hats ordered. The future looks bright. Aside from that, Menect, for some of you guys, I want to get in contact with uh, Jedediah, and you want to do a FaceTime with Jedediah. Maybe you heard the conversation today. You're like, I love what Jedediah was saying. Jedediah, I'd love to have a 15-minute conversation with you. You can have a 15-minute FaceTime with Jedediah, with Vinny, or with Adam, or myself, or Tate, or Kiyosaki, or Chas Palmont, or a lot of different experts on Menect, the app that just came out, allows you to connect with people that you ask them, hey, do you have a minute to connect? I do on Menect, and you pay by the minute to connect with influencers and experts on Minect, the app. Tyler, put the link below as well for people to be able to download the app. Uh, it's so far the fastest growing app in its space Let's on go. connecting with experts. It's pretty much a uh, 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 a cameo and only fans, except with influencers and experts. Okay, so Adam's not going to show his feet, I, no. but you can't have a conversation will, with him. I will tell you a joke with my shirt off. So I'm in. And by the way, Vinny is shredded. You may want to see Vinny without his shirt off. Probably the most in shape guy in the office. I didn't, Having say, said that. I didn't say I wasn't going to show my. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Equal opportunity. Free the nipple. Right. Minek just flipped to OnlyFans. <laughs> Tyler, do we have a podcast this week or no? On, th- on Thursday. Thursday. Mud. Uh, yeah, hopefully Philip Mud. Right. Depending yeah. on the depending storm, on the hurricane. Yeah. Hopefully he's yeah. not and I'm gonna, in mud. <laughs> I'm going to be in LA this week. I'm going to be in LA this week. I got some stuff going on in LA. Cannot wait to be at the driven event with all the guys in LA. So I'll see those of you guys that are going there Saturday. I will see you there. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.